Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey everybody, welcome to DC Action Hour. Bam, pow, kapow, boom, boom. All right, everybody. Uh, Well, it never gets old. All right, I'm Jeff from Super (laughs) Geeked Up. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We are back after a couple weeks off uh, because now uh, Arrow, Supergirl, and Flash have all new episodes this past week. So we are excited to talk about those, which we'll do a little bit later in the show. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Marks and Danielle. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. Hi. Nice salute. Very official. Uh, all right. We are also joined by a special guest. Uh, that's very exciting today. We have, uh, he's a storyboard artist for both The Flash and Supergirl, Jeremy Simser. Hello, Woo! sir. Hello. I do, I'm going to salute as well. There we go. Oh, excellent. That's the new thing now. Everybody has to salute. <laughs> excellent. All right. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit to Jeremy in a few minutes here about uh, storyboard stuff and other cool things that he does on the show. I, I don't know what other cool things he does really. He's probably just storyboards, but it's pretty um, much just storyboarding. <laughs> he's a, he's also actually Savitar. Uh, <laughs> I just gave it away. Sorry. Big twist. Nobody, they reveal and like, who, who the hell is that? <laughs> who is this guy? Can, can you do like a real deep voice? Be like, yep. I am a god, worship me. Let's see if you sound like him. <laughs> I, I, I cannot do that, oh. no. <laughs> this, this, this is as low as it gets. <laughs> All right. Not very, so, not very uh, intimidating. Like, before we uh, talk to Jeremy, uh, we like to do our super tweet question, which is a fun question uh, we do every week. And it's actually perfect because Jeremy's wearing a Star Wars shirt right now. And uh, this coming week, of course, is May 4th. And, of course, on Twitter, we get May the 4th be with you is a big hashtag that goes on every May 4th for Star Wars. So the question, super true question is, what DC character would you love to see in the Star Wars universe? And what would they do there? This doesn't have to be from the TV shows. It can be anybody from the DC Comics universe as well. Jeremy, do you have an answer? Uh, I do. Uh, I thought about it long and hard for about uh, three minutes before I uh, landed on uh, Lobo. Uh, oh, who, nice. to me, like almost already sort of fits within the Star Wars universe and his sort of grunginess and uh, and whatnot. I, you'd probably have to tone down the the language a little bit uh, for the Star Wars universe, but uh, uh, I think he would fit right in. He could be a a bounty hunter or some kind of a, a mercenary or something, an all round sort of scoundrel, I think. And I think he would be he would be fun. I think that's a great answer. That is perfect. Absolutely. If you're watching, if you're watching, folks, uh, live, you can chat. Uh, there's a chat going on in the YouTube you can participate in, or you can tweet us at Super Geeked Up. We always love hearing from you. We love hearing what your answers might be to the super tweet question. Danielle, what do you say? I don't know. I think I have to go with. Uh, I was thinking about it a lot last night. Maybe Enchantress, because based off of the movie, I mean, it's Doctor June and Enchantress. So I can almost feel her fitting in that world almost as she can be dark side and light side. No one would know. So there could probably be a great oh, plot twist I see. Of, of her. You mean you were thinking about Enchantress last night? You definitely weren't thinking about this question, <laughs> you little liar. Because no, I, we just came I, was watching, I was watching Suicide Squad last night. <laughs> and then I saw this. And then that's what I was thinking of. Oh, all right. Well, okay. that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Even though these two were dissing Enchantress, Mark's in, before the show went live. And I was the only one who liked it in the movie. <laughs> Uh, it was she was one of few strong points in the film. I thought. <laughs> oh, see there you go. She was, oh, really? She Nobody was, else she liked was, her. 
Well, she was creepy. I, you know, I didn't like her plot points necessarily, and I didn't really understand why the whole plot had to revolve around her. But she was creepy. I like that. <laughs> I liked how she looked in the beginning, like when she's all primitive-looking, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Whenever yeah. she was Every... all like doing this, you don't, you don't weird. like sexy enchantress. You like disgusting enchantress. No, I didn't really find that sexy, to be honest. <laughs> You're like, I want to make yeah. out with the gross, primitive one. <laughs> She looked cool. She reminded me a little bit of the the first Slayer from Buffy, in a way. That's what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it, but that's exactly what it was. Yep. All right. Well, Marks, what's your uh, what's your answer there? What DC character do you like to see in the Star Wars universe? So reimagine Arrow, and it's gonna be Arrow and his outlaw rebels, right? So he's gonna his bow is gonna be like a, a Wookiee bow caster. Bow caster. So we'll just make him a Wookiee too, and then just you know Curtis and his magic balls and whatever else going on. <laughs> <laughs> nice his magic balls. Every week we talk about Curtis's balls. Yep. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Keep it classy. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, I'm gonna go with Harley Quinn, and <laughs> I want her to have her hanging out with Darth Vader and the Emperor because I think she would drive them absolutely batshit crazy, and. Actually, I think she might be able to personally just single-handedly take down the whole empire because they would just go fucking insane. <laughs> and they could. Could you imagine a Sith version of her? That'd be crazy. Oh my gosh! That'd be amazing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That'd more be black, awesome. More black to her outfit. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, the, and more, red, more pants also. So she could still have red in her outfit, black and red. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Or her she'd have to. She'd have to wear pants there too, which would yeah. be helpful, I think. But. <laughs> yes. Or yeah. Her that's, <laughs> Her that is one thing about. Sorry, her, her uh, lightsaber could probably be two tones then. Yeah, hmm? or maybe she could have a dual one, one color each way, like Darth Maul, you know? Yeah, that'd be sick. That is one thing about uh, the movie Suicide Squad. I really wish they went with a Harley Quinn. Like, I wish they went with the Arkham uh, Asylum Games outfit for her, which I always I think is awesome. Yeah, it, that certainly would would have been better. Then I mean, nothing against Margot Robbie. I thought she actually did a really good job. Oh, as she was Harley great. Quinn. Yeah, she was great. Outfit was just not. It was terrible. A strange. It was a strange yeah. choice. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, lowest common denominator. Not really, I guess. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, we yeah, all understand the choices they made. We just don't necessarily <laughs> agree with them, right? <laughs> right. All right. Cool. There you go, folks. Uh, again, if you're watching the post, you can, please feel free to tweet us your answers. We always love hearing them. What uh, DC character you'd like to see in the Star Wars universe? All right, so that we're a little late. Again, we're going to talk about all the new shows, uh, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. Uh, a lot of cool episodes, I think, this past week to talk about. But first, uh, we're going to talk to Jeremy. Uh, so, again, like I said, he's storyboard artist for both The Flash and Supergirl. Uh, so, and, and Marks and Daniel, obviously, feel free to any questions you have here for Jeremy. Uh, so, I'll start with this, Jeremy. I'm curious. How, maybe you can tell our viewers, how does that process work in terms of so, like, do you? How does it work in terms of when you get the script, when you do the storyboards, in terms of the, like the production process, like for per episode? Or... Uh, essentially, I don't really start working on it until uh, I meet with the director. Uh, so usually that's on the third or fourth day of prep uh, on any given episode. Uh, give them a chance to pick out some locations and sort of the, get the director a little bit of time to uh, like get their own head around the script as well. Um, and so basically. I'll read the script on my own and I'll pretty much uh, sort of just like earmark whatever I think will probably end up being storyboarded. But ultimately it's not until I sit down with the director that we, that we discuss specifically what I'm going to be drawing. So that's, um, 
depending on which director, it's uh, it's either a lot of guidance or not so much guidance, and it's uh, you know uh, really depends on on what the sequence is as to how much I have to draw. So, so okay, so you, so it sounds like you said not everything is storyboarded; only certain things are. Right, I only do the uh, the uh, stunt and uh, visual effects pieces, uh, and sort of the ones that are that are shot up here, location specific. So what happens is is that there's stuff that like whatever you see. Uh, like Flash and Zoom, for example, chasing each other up and down uh, buildings and whatever. That's all like completely digital. So that's all done by uh, uh, Armin and Encore Effects down in LA. So I don't storyboard any of that stuff. I just uh, tend to do the stuff that they shoot up here, stunt and VFX stuff. Oh, very cool. Mark, yeah. Daniel, any questions? Like I um, can keep asking them all day, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have like. Um, probably a million questions, but I'll just uh, start with one. Do with one. <laughs> I won't get greedy. Um, is was there anything particular difficult drawing this season? I know you shared a little bit on your Twitter the the warping uh, from the flash from the Once and Future Flash of the building coming down. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That was uh, that was interesting because the the way that that was scripted originally was like super big, like it was a giant sequence that no. Uh, television show, like maybe except for like Game of Thrones, could have afforded to actually do. So there was a lot of going back and forth with uh, with the effects company and with Tom, the director, uh, just to, like what they would actually end up doing. Uh, it got scaled back a little bit, and then I ended up drawing probably, I guess, I about three or four sort of concept pieces for that one before uh, Tom uh, decided the one that he wanted to go with. And then from that point, we sort of specifically started boarding it out. As to what we'd actually see. Awesome. Very cool. Hey, before uh, so before we continue here talking to Jeremy, I just saw on Twitter we actually got some responses to our super tweet. Let me just share these real quick. Uh, sure. So Kerry jo Johnson is actually in our live chat as well. He says, "Happy Sunday, folks! Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for watching. He's our regular one of our regular viewers." Uh, to our super tweet, which was about uh, what DC character you'd like to see in the cool. Star Wars universe, Kerry says, "Deathstroke. I'd love to see Slade and Boba Fett in a bounty hunting team up." Bonus is Gideon, so she could battle wits with three PO and R two. That's a good answer. I like that's really good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Nice. I'd love to see Gideon hanging out with R two and T three PO. Eros Rocha at Hunter's Realm had said on Twitter, "Suicide Squad," just to see if they join the Empire or Rebellion. Cool. And uh, Doom. That, that was called Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Uh, this, at the Scooby Doom says, hmm, Superman would be a good Jedi. Static seems like he would fit in great somehow, just not sure how. All right, cool. Thanks, guys, for the answers. Appreciate it. Cool. All right. Uh, Mark, do you have a question for uh, – by the way, if you have any questions, folks, in the chat as well, feel free to ask them for, uh, for Jeremy. Was there ever, like, a really cool scene or sequence that you uh, storyboarded that, for one reason or another, got completely cut? Uh, it happens almost uh, – I would say probably every couple of episodes or something that – that doesn't quite make it in. Uh, I usually go through a process of roughing stuff out first. Um, and by the time uh, those roughs are done, that I, how do I phrase it? Uh, essentially, I'll rough out stuff that ends up getting cut before I ever finish drawing it. So usually by the time I've done a finished set of boards on it, that's probably going to make it in in some form or another before uh, yeah, before it gets to the point of getting cut, it's usually uh, uh, I, I won't have drawn it by that point. So, very cool. English is my first language, by the way. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> how did uh, how did I you actually need that coffee? 
how did you like actually? I mean, did you is this did you study design? Did you do any comics before this, or did you go right into storyboarding? Or my uh, yeah, my ultimate or sort of original goal, I guess I should say, was uh, was to get into comics, and it's still something that I'm pursuing now after a bit of a a bit of a hiatus. I've been storyboarding for about sixteen, almost seventeen years now, and oh, wow. uh, haven't really pursued doing anything comic related in that time. So. Um, uh, but it's uh, yeah, I'm actually putting a pitch together right now with a friend of mine. My my uh, uh, my own comic. Well, I mean, it's his idea technically, but I mean, I'm drawing it. Uh, so we're hopefully going to start shopping that around within a month or so uh, after the pitch is done. Uh, awesome. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've been doing this. Yeah, shoot, what did I say for about 16 years? So yeah, just just this. Um, <laughs> I actually fell into it kind of sideways. I was going to school for music, and. Um, was always uh, drawing and stuff instead of playing uh, my instrument of choice, which was the trombone. And uh, why, why would you play the trombone? Um, and uh, yeah, and so some friends of mine uh, put a little like sort of jazz fusion band together and they wanted to do a, a music video. And uh, they asked me to storyboard it because I was, uh, you know, always drawing all the time. And I was just like, I don't even really know what that is. Uh, so I kind of looked it up and I did that for them. And I've been working ever since, which is kind of neat, actually. <laughs> little pieces here and there, but... Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Awesome. Really how, long awesome. It, how long does it take you to storyboard a, a scene? Uh, I do, uh, in general, uh, about 30 to 40 frames per day. So it, like, it depends on what the sequence is and how, uh, how involved and how much I have to draw for it. But yeah, so usually one sequence will take me a couple of days, generally. Wow, cool. So one, so one sequence you're saying could have, like, what, 60... Or more frames than you're saying drawn? Yeah, for sure. I mean, ten pages. I do three frames per page, uh, and ten pages would have then thirty frames. So yeah, I'd say like, but somewhere between ten and twenty pages is pretty is pretty solid for one of these sequences. Sometimes they get a little bit bigger. I did one for a director named Millicent uh, Shelton, who did. Uh, um, it was the episode of Flash with Plunder. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, but there was a huge motorcycle chase in it, in the, right in the middle of it, and uh, that must have that must have been about thirty pages. So that was one of the larger sequences. And Millicent likes to board a lot, so I, I think I ended up doing like eight or six or eight sequences for her. There was a lot of work for her episode. Wow. Do you like? Do you are you usually meeting with the directors yeah. in person, or are you talking more like just more like on this way with I them or on phone or? No, I, I, again, it depends, but I usually the first meeting generally happens in the office. Uh, and then by that point, I mean, just for showing them roughs and getting revisions and stuff like that, it can generally happen uh, either through email or over the phone. Uh, some directors like to meet in person every time, and uh, others, uh, uh, that one meeting at the beginning is sort of enough. So, Cool. Did you work with uh, Kevin Smith this season? He directed a couple episodes. No, I did. Yeah, I did. I love Kevin. He's great. He seems like he'd be a blast to work with. Uh, he's just great. He's, a, he's just a, a source of just the most positive energy uh, from the minute that he walks in to the moment that he leaves. It's, uh, it's great. Uh, he plays music between takes on set. Uh, just, you know, he, he orders, uh, he special orders the bacon sandwich truck to come to set so that everybody can, and then he buys everybody a sandwich off of it. Like, I mean, he's just super great. But all of that notwithstanding, like, he's just, he, he loves being here and working on these shows, right? I mean, it's, it's exactly the type of stuff that he, that he, that he loves, right? So to, to be asked to come up and do these, I mean, he's just super great, yeah. Yeah, his, you could feel all of that when I went to the Paley Fest, uh, his, when he was moderating that panel, you could just feel his passion for these shows. It's incredible. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was wearing my jersey, I think, on that one, too. I, I designed the jersey that he was wearing that day. Oh, oh shit. Oh, my gosh. I love that one so much. Was it the one with the with the uh, with Supergirl and Alex? Yeah. Is that the one that he yeah. was wearing? That day? Yeah. Yeah, I drew that one for him. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. I've done four of them so far for him. I did uh, the first one that I did was like a gift uh, because I enjoyed working with him. So I've been I've been a fan of his since I was a kid, essentially. I mean, since, you know, since Clerks, and yeah. Uh, so the opportunity to work with him has been like amazing. And uh, so after two episodes of Flash and one episode of Supergirl, I decided to give him a little. A little gift, and I got a special jersey made up for him uh, with a, a Flash panel that was from his first episode of, or first episode or second episode of Flash that he directed. Uh, so I kind of polished it up a little bit, and then had a crest made out of it, and and sent it to him and gave it to him as a gift. And then he's commissioned three more from me, so it's kind of nice. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. See, guys, all we have to do is start directing a Flash or Supergirl, and we can get something like that, too. I know. Right. I need, I need, I need <laughs> uh, So, actually, I know... Sorry, what was you, that in here? You have, uh, you have some storyboards, right, that you could show us in the audience? I do, yeah. I don't know how we're going to be able to do this, but we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Speaking of, the, of Tom Cavanaugh's episode that, we, that just aired, um, I figured those would be the best ones to show because they're kind of fresh in everybody's mind. Cool. So, um, so this is from uh, the episode that just aired this past week, Once in Future, the Once in Future Flash, right? Right. So what we've got is we've got the Flash uh, uh, confronting Top and uh, uh, the other dude. Uh, Mirror Master. <laughs> Mirror Master, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do read these scripts, I swear to God, and I do watch the show too. <laughs> I just have a terrible memory. I'm just terrible. Uh, so I'm just going to, I brought them up on my tablet here, and I'm just going to, hopefully this will all work and you can see. So I've started a couple pages in. Uh, and I'm just going to tilt this over. Let me know oh, yeah. how that works, yeah. if you can see that. I'm just going to look at it myself a little bit. All right, so there they are. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so so this is essentially how it works. And as we go through, uh, so at the, at the bottom, the Mirror Master is starting to do his thing, and then he gets a little woozy. And then this is where that sort of split-screen thing happened, where the, the reflection happened underneath. Now, these were... Uh, really concept boards at this point because the visual effects guys weren't 100% sure how they were going to do it. They ended up being a lot closer on Flash here, uh, but so that you could see the sort of the reflection part. Uh, and then Top starts to do her thing, and then this whole thing with the building. Uh, oh, sweet. Sort of arching over. And then this is where, where it's kind of... Uh, it can be really sort of gratifying at the same time because this whole concept of the building coming up from below him and being able to see his foot here uh, yep. and then moving up the camera to him ended up in the show and that was that shot was my idea like I came up with that so uh, oh, it's always kind of cool awesome. when, when sorry what's that that's gonna feel awesome it really does yeah like it's you know I mean I, I enjoy the the, the creative uh, freedom to be able to do that not every director gives it to me uh, most of them sort of are, are generally pretty uh, cool with me sort of uh, adding in that way. And if they don't like it, then, they'll, then they won't put it in. Um, and this is the first appearance of the new sort of future Flash costume there, too, which is kind of neat. So. And on the uh, in my storyboards, it looks, looks exactly the same, except for that it's got a yellow belt. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for that, so for that the, the future Flash's costume, did, did they, like, the director like kind of tell you what it should look like or, or no they, they just told me that uh, i'm gonna 
I'm gonna put these away now. Um, <laughs> they were, um, they just said that it would be kind of shinier. It hadn't quite been designed yet when I actually did it. Uh, so they said uh, more like yellow, more just a little bit brighter. Uh, they said closer to how it is in the comics a little bit. And that's, so I just kind of went with that. So I just kind of kept it, I just made it a little bit brighter in the shading and then I, I gave him a more pronounced belt. And I mean, ultimately for the storyboards, it doesn't really matter that much. So, right. I and certainly had no, no say in the actual design of the thing. So next to all those storyboards, was that just like kind of a little brief description basically of each of what each frame was? Yeah, I just do a little a little thing. I mean, a lot of guys don't even bother with that, but uh, I just find that the more like so many people have to see these boards right, from a production level and upwards that and and people like when like Andrew Kreisberg is looking at them, uh, like he needs to he has so little time because he's so busy with that and and Supergirl, that he needs to be able to see them. And if he has any questions, he he doesn't have time to actually ask the question. So I I put the answer to the I try to put the answer to the question right beside the board before anybody has to ask. Hopefully you don't really need it, but if you do, then it's there. And then also if you need like dialogue cues or whatever to get the timing of the scene, then that'll be there as well. So, yeah, cool. That's awesome. So in the chat, Kerry uh, does have a question for you. Um, he okay. says, "Ask the query." You're not going to be able to answer this though. <laughs> As the queer we all want to know, because he's oh. probably storyboarded it or he's got story insights, who is Savitar? Please do not tell me that. If you, I'm if not going to tell you that. I can't I come anywhere near telling you that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't want to know personally, because I, I hate spoilers. Um, no, do you but, actually, do you I've know had, I've had people ask. I do, yeah. I've, okay. I've, I've, I've storyboarded all the way to the end of the, to the, end of the, to the, end of the series, so yes, I, or to the end of the season, so yes, I do know. Uh, cool. Good question, Gary. You can't reveal that. Though. Yeah, I got. I can't answer that. No, and you don't really want me to, uh, and that's the other part of it. So when um, we mention names later, it, it, just wink left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, don't wink at all. I, I'll do that. I don't, I don't want to know any of that stuff. I want to be. Surprised. I'll put. I'll put my sunglasses on, and then we'll, yeah. <laughs> you guys won't be able to read my face at all. I'll be like Daniel Negreanu, the the poker player. <laughs> So I'm curious about uh, It's funny though because I've actually had I've actually had people ask me and then like in text it's kind of hard to do it but I usually just type no comment right and then they they somehow manage to read something into no comment as well I'm just like no really <laughs> like yeah it's funny I am curious about Savitar did you whenever you had to draw draw Savitar was he fully designed yet or did you have to kind of make up something at the time? Uh, it's, uh, it's funny. The first set of boards that I did with Savitar, I drew Savitar almost exactly as he appeared in the comics because I hadn't seen the design yet. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen Savitar from the comics or not, but he looks like, a 19, like an early 1990s wrestler. Uh, yeah. like he, so, that, <laughs> so then I did that, and then in, like, by the time the next episode came about, which was actually Kevin Smith's episode, uh, they had designed it, and I and I got to see that. So I went back and I fixed it, and I and I and I redrew him as designed, somewhat. Anyways, I'm mean, gonna do a really quick version of it. Very cool. Any other uh, Daniel? Any other questions? I'm just trying not to fangirl all over the place. I'm I'm <laughs> trying to keep it centered. It's just it's it's so cool, <laughs> and it's like a lot of people that watch this show just don't understand the work that goes into it behind the scenes that like that Jeremy does and and directors do, and it's cool to see everything like as it played out on the screen most likely, and it's just it's just so cool. Yeah, so there's so many there's so many hands involved. Like I mean, uh, I, I I hate to keep going back to Kevin Smith, but Kevin 
uh, is very vocal about the fact that that you know he is really dependent on the people here who are here every week doing every episode to do their jobs so that essentially the director comes in and literally just has to direct, right? Like the stunt guys do a whole bunch of stuff and then the director picks what he or she wants from that. Um, the visual effects guys, I mean, they're crazy what they're doing down there. Uh, but like the props people, the, the, the wardrobe and costuming people, the, the makeup people, the hair people, I mean, all of these people uh, don't need to be given uh, the direction, like they already know what to do. Uh, their instincts are really great. And even when something new comes up in a script, like everybody just knows how to do this. They're all really creative and crazy talented people. Um, but yeah, there's like hundreds and hundreds of people. And that's not even just including the, uh, that's not even counting the, uh, like just the, sh the shooting crew, the people who are doing the rigging and the, the lighting and all of that stuff, the set deck people who are putting all the props together and all those sets and all the little tiny details and taking Polaroids to make sure that it looks the same from one episode to the other if something changes. So many incredibly hardworking and talented people on these shows, it's insane. Absolutely. Do you, do you actually, do you ever get to be on set while they're shooting? I do sometimes, yeah. I mean, I, I've been doing this, I've been involved in this show now for two years. So, I mean, I'm pretty much, even though like a storyboard artist on a show like this tends to be like a day call person, like I'm, it's not a full-time job for me. I just, I do, uh, I do what they need me to do. And so it could be uh, two days for an episode. Or it could end up being 15 days for one episode. It depends. But, um, but I'm, I'm part of the family now. So, I mean, I can, if I wanted to, I could just show up and go to set and just watch for no good reason. I don't tend to have time to do that <laughs> because I am working on two shows after all. Right. Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to, I mean, perfect example of this would be again, to go back to Millicent Shelton. She had me boarding so much stuff that, in the eight days of prep that we had, even though we started early, uh, we didn't really have time to do it all uh, before she started shooting. So I would go to set and, and sort of sit with her on set and take notes in between setups and when she had a minute. Uh, so that's a situation where I would go to set. Another time would just be, uh, for example, Tom Cavanaugh, uh, when he was directing his episode, just kind of liked me. And so we just kind of hung out and chilled on set for a little bit, uh, <laughs> a couple of times, which was fun. So That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's the man, man. Every version of like Wells, he just he just rocks it. <laughs> he's killer. He's really great, and just like just the, the like the sweetest guy too. Like just such a really nice guy and this crazy frenetic energy. It's amazing. Yeah, he's great. Awesome. Uh, do you guys, so folks, if you're watching, we are in just a minute going to talk about all the new episodes that came out this week. Uh, do you guys have any other low more final questions here for Jeremy before we move on? Uh, I think I just have one more. Okay, and great. Uh, I know that you love drawing Superman, but do you, is that your favorite person to draw up, or do you have a favorite where you like sit down and cannot wait to draw them? Uh, like within the realm of these shows? Yeah. Like the storyboards? Um, yeah, Superman has been, I mean, that's been pretty great, uh, just because he's such an iconic character. And I mean, I've been reading Superman you know, comics since I was a, since a little kid. Um, let me see. There's been a couple, and actually, the, like, uh, I like I like drawing that that super heroic S every single time. So I like drawing Supergirl too. But if you if you get right down to the to the bare bones and sort of the meat of the of the situation, my favorite character, or at least like top three, uh, was for Legends of Tomorrow. Actually, when I when I get to draw Jonah Hex, I mean, he, uh -huh. he's just such a great 
character. Uh, so that was really that was really cool, and actually managed to to spark up a, a, a an actual and so far long lived friendship with uh, John Sheck, who plays uh, Jonah Hex, because I was sort of geeking out about it on on Twitter, and he sort of responded, and we got talking and stuff like that, and uh, that was after the first episode, and then when he came back to shoot the second episode, uh, I actually hadn't been doing Legends at all that year because I was busy with Flash and Supergirl, but because it was a Jonah Hex episode, I decided that I would do three shows at the same time <laughs> and not sleep for a couple of days, uh, and did that, and that was really great. And then I took him to a roller derby game because why don't you? you know, I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. Any characters yeah. you haven't got the draw that you would love to? Uh, probably so many. I mean, professionally speaking, I would love to draw Batman. I mean, we'll yeah. we'll never we'll probably never see that happen on on any of these shows. But uh, you know, that would be that would be pretty great. Uh, there are so many. Yeah, I mean, that's a. Uh, I would love to see Green Lantern show up. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Uh, uh, I did get to draw some some arrow and that little that group of people over there uh, from some of the crossovers and stuff. So that was cool. Um, yeah, I mean, not really. I mean, I, I get a chance to draw pretty much everybody at this point. So pretty sweet. All right, awesome. Uh, yeah. So where is there any uh, for folks watching or something? Do you have a website or any other links you like to direct people to social media wise, where they can check out what you're up to? Uh, I do. Uh, so you can check out uh, samples of my work and my uh, ever-growing resume at uh, jeremysimser.com. Uh, I like to keep it simple. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Jeremy Simser. Um, and if you are so inclined, every Tuesday, uh, I drop a podcast called uh, Ace the Cloak, uh, which is a, an old Dark Knight reference, if anybody gets that. Uh, where I uh, interview uh, various people, comic book and, and television and film related. This coming Tuesday, I've got uh, an interview with uh, Mark Guggenheim. Oh, wow. Nice. And and uh, next week, uh, the week after that, will be uh, John Sheck, actually, who plays John X. So. That's awesome. awesome. I think Kyler Lee's coming on, too. She's uh, pretty busy right now, but she's going to come on. And uh, Tom Cavanaugh has said as much that he might as well. But, uh, I mean, these people get crazy busy. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, so Tuesdays, Ace the, Ace the Cloak uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud. <laughs> Sweet. That's awesome. All right, check them out, guys. We'll give those links again before, uh, before the show ends. Jeremy's actually going to stick around uh, to talk with us about the, some of the shows, like Supergirl and Flash, at least. So that's awesome. And uh, so yeah. let's actually start with Supergirl. I'm going to kick things over to Danielle, who's going to yeah. kind of tell us what the episode was about. My favorite. Uh, so this episode was, I think, 218 Ace Reporter written by Paula Yu and Caitlin Parrish, which introduces uh, Jack, Jack Sphere. Is that what am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, Lena's ex. So this episode is all about Biomax, little nanobots that uh, have the new technology now. Um, so Lena and Kara, still a jobless Kara, who does not know how to bake just yet, Kara, go to see the launch of Biomax. And Lena kind of falls into old habits with her boyfriend. And we're finding out that Biomax is killing people, unfortunately. And so we're following Supergirl in this unfolding of the evil of Biomax. And yeah, that's pretty much it. We defeat Biomax, which also turns out not to be Lena's ex-evil, but the, the lady, which mind her name is slipping my mind right now um but yeah this, it's this is a great episode and we're also seeing 
kind of the darkness come out of the Luther and Lena. And at the end, uh, Monel's mother is back and evil as ever. And this is how the episode ends on a cliffhanger of is the Luther coming out or not? So, da, da, da. Marx. <laughs> <laughs> what are we thinking, Marx? I like this episode. I like their guest star. He's awesome on iZombie. Yes. So, uh, and what was it? Raul, is that his name? Ra- Raul? I don't remember off the top of my head. I didn't, I didn't write it down, unfortunately. But The beard is amazing. Let's start with that. <laughs> the beard's amazing. Oh, yes. The beard. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I thought I thought it was nice to see him uh, guest star, and it was great to see this uh, subplot or whatever or a relationship arc with Lena and flesh out that character some more. Um, I thought the shot with the where she like did the freezer breath, freezing breath of the nano cloud was really pretty uh, pretty cool. It was really freezer, good. Breath. <laughs> freezer breath, freezer breath, freezer <laughs> breath. Just like sticking her head in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. I storyboarded that sequence, the one that oh, with the uh, with the uh, snapper in the apartment and all that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it looked excellent. And uh, um, you know, you mentioned the grief baking. That was fun. There's a lot of funny lines in there too. I liked um, Monel usually has a lot of funny lines. I liked his, you know, I'm feeling a connection with you, a man connection or whatever when he hugged him. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, and uh, uh, also this subplot. Or B plot or whatever of Guardian and and Wen and and Lyra, it's Lyra, right? Yeah, yeah, that was good. I'm Lyra. glad she's not gone. Oh, Lyra, isn't it Lyra? Lyra? Lyra, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm glad she's not gone. I think I said that in the previous episode. I was hoping she'd stick around. Luckily, she did. Well, still unclear if she eats cats or not. It is unclear. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, I can't tell you. So I, don't, was a, I don't have that information. That was a storyboard scene that was cut. <laughs> I haven't had to storyboard that. No, that would be cool though. I would totally storyboard that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um and I like Snapper Carr, I like the actor and, and that character and their interactions. And um oh the line with Lena and that one evil woman, I forget her name, where she's like, you know what you're behind every man's Every behind every powerful man sends a woman, and she's like, "I wouldn't know. I never stood behind a man." That was pretty good. Pretty yeah, good that was a good line. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was also funny in the beginning with with um, Supergirl flying and going, "I'm ready to take on whatever," and they're like, "There's nothing going on. It's like somebody <laughs> used lullabying serum in the water." And she's like, "Is that illegal? I can stop them if it is." You know, that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, in the chat, you're just talking about Snapper. Uh, Carrie Johnson says, as a reporter, it was cool to see some journalism take place, and I really like Snapper, even as most others don't. Is that true? I like Snapper. I thought most people like Snapper. I like is, he get, is, some, is he getting shit online? That's a, I mean, he, he legit is like, his viewpoint is like a journalist. You know, it's really well done. Yeah, he's very, he's totally like like old school journalism, man. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I have to admit to being a little bit uh, uh, like when I read that for the first time, I was just like, oh, they're going to get rid of Cat and then bring in this dude. And I didn't know if it was going to work necessarily. But this guy is awesome. I mean, he's like really funny and like that, like his gruffness just plays perfectly. So it's it, it was a it was a gamble, I think. But it, I think it ended up working out. I was I was fully prepared to hate him. And he came across already as like, yeah, I hate him. This is going to be the end of the season where I'm just going to love to hate this guy. 
but he has some really great like just one-liners that comes out of him and it makes you still want to like him and still want to see him on screen like uh his whole danish line where he's like it's either that or start a food truck and then he bites into the danish <laughs> right, right. please don't start a food truck. <laughs> well that's interesting i've actually always liked snapper i don't i don't know i guess just he for me he's like yes this is like the way a journalist for this company should be like and like this is the way you know he's like He's really he's trying to teach her like this came across in this episode right what it means to be a real journalist and she finally right. understands that here which is nice because we in the show have criticized that in the past about how she didn't really have any idea how to be a journalist and she was just using Supergirl as her as her source for everything herself um, so it was nice to see that and uh, and that play out that was I think yeah that was well done I liked a lot the uh, yeah the Manel and her like kind of like I call it like they're up to a little caper they had right trying to like. Uh, Save Lena and stuff, oh, yeah, right? Funny. Like, if they right. get more kind of that stuff, the two of them having, like, fun, like, goofy shenanigans kind of like that, I think that's, like, aw- it'd be awesome. I didn't quite catch his dialogue to her whenever he showed the key. He, he made a voice. I knew he was probably referencing something, but I couldn't quite catch. You don't want to catch that, the, the line? When he showed her the key? Oh, yeah, when, when he stole he showed, it? When he stole the key, and he's like, yeah, and he did, like, a little voice thing. And oh, I yeah, I, I don't know what that was. Uh, well, he... When they did come I, back from commercial break one time, he was reading Harry Potter. So, I mean, he's getting the royal treatment of pop culture here. What's why I figured it was a pop culture reference, but I didn't quite catch. I couldn't make out what he said. Jeremy, do you know what it was? I, I can't off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you. No, I remember laughing at it. <laughs> I think I caught it at the time, but I don't remember what it was. Damn. Sorry. I could probably oh, dig out We can't remember what it was. We need well, Francis. Francis is usually in the chat. He's the one who was like the oracle of knowledge here. He usually helps us out. Oh, he's yeah, not, yeah. He's not there. Uh, he's going to be on next week, though. So he'll help us then. Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I think all around this is this is a great episode. And as we're gearing towards the season finale, we're getting better and better stuff now. And it's, I really love the direction they're going in. And I really loved the connection that you see with Lena and with Kara now, like the friendship that's between the both of them, the Luthers and, you know, the Danvers or, you know, the Zorels now have history with, with Luthers. And I really love their friendship, but you can just see the faint stare that she had at the end, just this broken person who's lost, you know, her mother is gone. uh, Her past love is gone. And this is all because of Supergirl in a sense. So you can see when they're hugging in that sense where she's like, I don't feel anything right now. And it's almost like an empty thing where anything can take over good and bad. And you have Kara, and I'm sure if Monel's mother wouldn't have showed up, she would have leaned toward the good side. But now we're like in this cliffhanger of evil, and she's really going to have to fight with herself now. Yeah. Can we just say for, for one second just how, uh, how great that actress is? Like, she's just solid. And, and I wasn't, like, I didn't, I mean, she got eaten in Jurassic World, like, really well. But it didn't really, uh, it didn't really show much of her range, right? But, I mean, she's been really strong on this and, like, definitely one of the high points of the series uh, uh, for this season anyways. I mean, just really, real good. Yeah, it's Katie McGrath. Uh, she's, we've actually, That's we, it. Talk, we, I, we talked about, I talked about somebody, the Jurassic Park thing, which is one of the worst <laughs> things to ever do to any character in cinema for some reason. I don't know why they did that to her character, uh, but... Uh, however, if you haven't seen it, folks, before any of this stuff, before Jurassic World or Supergirl, she was uh, one of the main characters on Merlin, uh, which is a British show. Okay. And uh, for cool. many, for, for a few seasons, it was really good. She she was Morgana, actually. Uh, 
She, oh, yeah, she British? Yeah, she did a really good job. She, she is, she is she, British, yeah. I, yes. Um, so I've, I've already liked Katie McGrath, so I was very happy to see her join the show. Um, cool. What I am now definitely uh, like pretty positive of at the, how this episode ended, I think when we, our last show when we were talking about things, I think I brought this up, one of us did. What The way they did Smallville, which I was a huge fan of that, Smallville is very much about Clark and Lex being friends, and then Lex slowly, slowly went to the dark side and fell apart. That I feel I, I talked about. I, I thought they could parallel that with Lena and Kara, and I feel very strongly after this episode that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, that Lena is going to go more and more like trading, like you know, playing with that dark side, and she's going to eventually fall away from her friendship with Kara, and that's going to be a big thing. Which is really sad, though, too, because I mean, the friendship that these two have, and just the the being there for her. I mean, it's not like Kara really let any of this happen. She's tried really hard to be there for her and, and try to fix everything, which is unfortunately things just don't work out in her way. It just happens to be the Luther way. But yeah, I, I think if it does happen, I'm going to be very crushed because their friendship, I really love their friendship. I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. They're going to put that conflict in there. Like, I, I don't... I mean, the way the thing with Lena saying, you know, like I'm thinking about her dying or something, right? Like that was a yeah. clearly, like a clearly a line showing, like her possibly definitely going. Or the know, she, she will. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, I know. You always want to be like they're always. Well, that's true. They do fake us out a lot with these shows. <laughs> well, it's nature she versus could nature. Be, she could be Savitar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're just jumping shows now. Yeah. That would be like the ultimate twist, right? That would be amazing. Yeah, no one would see it coming. <laughs> That'd be even more yeah. amazing than Jeremy being there. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, it would be about as about as likely, I think. But <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So one thing that didn't really make sense to me in this episode is that why Kara did not involve uh, Alex or Jean or anybody the DEO in this and that she just her <clears throat> and Monel were solving the whole thing on their own, you know? Like, why? Well, particularly when they have nothing to do with the DEO apparently, right? And there's this probably <laughs> like one of the extremely great threat. I mean, the nano, these nano things are like ridiculous and like, nah, you guys don't need to know about this. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, it killed two people, but it's fine. It's fine. It's completely under control. <laughs> If I, if I can venture a theory, and I'm not 100% uh, positive that this is the case, but every now and again, uh, some of the actors need some time off. And um, sometimes you get, you get episodes where they, they come in for one scene and then they, and then they, they have to like, go home for a little while. And then so they're, they're literally not here to shoot. So um, these, are the, these are the issues that we have uh, sometimes with doing the crossovers, for example, when the, when the musical crossover happened. Um, Flash needed a lot of uh, Melissa's time, as you can imagine. Uh, so coincides with a very Guardian-heavy episode over on Supergirl. That uh, makes sense, sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so stuff like that does happen. And, uh, I mean, every now and again, yeah, actors, uh, although uh, contracted to a show, sometimes they need some time off. Oh, for sure. I, I figured. And it gave more time for Lena and others to have some center stage, which is good. Oh, yeah. That's true. It was very Alina focus, which was nice to see. Yeah. I'm just going to go with that. She wasn't 100% sure what Nano Cloud was, and she <laughs> wouldn't wait 
until she would go to them about it. That's what it was. Well, you know, actually, part of it could have been she, she, since her friendship with Lena, she wanted to not involve them because they may want to do something that she didn't want to do. Because that happened in the past, too. They wanted to take Lena down. They didn't believe her. And Kara was the only one who believed she was innocent, you know, being it's involved true, with yeah. Cadmus. Yeah. So that's a good part of it. Too. She's behind it. <laughs> Everybody else was off saving the world. Uh, and some other thing that uh, that uh, Supergirl, for whatever reason, didn't know about, uh, like that episode, the the Zeppo from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where Xander, it was a big, big Xander-centric episode, and in the meantime, all this crazy Helmo stuff was happening in the background, but nobody else was actually there. So, <laughs> yep. it was one of those. That's a good episode. It's my it's my favorite Buffy episode. Oh, that's so good. That and Hush. That and Hush. Hush is so good. Hush is a very close number two. Oh, hey, speaking of Francis Fernandez, uh, who's oh. going to be on our show next week, he's in the chat now. Uh, Francis says, sounds like you're talking about Supergirl because he just came in. Happy to see an actor from iZombie make a cameo. Yeah, I don't watch iZombie. I just I want to. just want to let you sure. to. But he was great, man, in this episode, I thought. Yeah. He was just, like, ultimately just, like, menacing in a very quiet kind of way, right? Like, you knew something was up. And it's not just because of, like, sort of standard TV tropes or whatever. But, like, his performance was, like... Wow, you buy the fact that this guy's got a secret, you know? Like, you bought it. I did. Yeah, I mean, automatically, like, halfway through the episode, especially when, you know, he's having this, you know, intimate moment with Lena, and all of a sudden it's just cut off automatically, and you see him vanish, and then come back together with the nanobots. Just the look that he gives as soon as the, he assembles his body back together, as soon as Kara and Monel take off out of the office, just automatically you're just like, he's evil, I've made up my mind for the rest of the episode. And then the twist at the end where it's not actually him, it's, you know, that was very surprising to me because my mind was already made up that, you know, no, this, this guy is killing people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's super comedic and, and eye zombie. Yeah, it's, it's great to see him have this evil twist to him because you're just waiting for him to throw like a, a one-liner and laugh. And the looks that he gives on iZombie are way more comedic than, you know, this like evil stare that he has in this episode. <laughs> Uh, in the chat, by the way, about where the other characters might have been, uh, Carrie Johnson says Alex was busy knife training, which is her line at the beginning. <laughs> it was like, what, Tuesday night <laughs> knife training or something? Or Tuesday? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. yeah. I want to interrupt that. Yeah. So, Francis, we have a mission for you, Francis, if you're, if you're listening. If, you're, if you are willing to accept it. Yes. When Monel steals that key and then he's talking to, uh, to, to, uh, to Supergirl, and he makes some kind of pop culture reference. He makes a voice. What What is he saying? What is that reference to? So well, none of us can remember what it was because we don't yeah. know. I couldn't make it out what, what he said. So, <clears throat> all right. He says, "Sure, sure." He's going to track that down. He's in the chat. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> by the way, Francis or anybody else who's just joining us, uh, Jeremy Sims are here as our guest. He is a storyboard artist on Flash and Supergirl. Hello. Uh, if you missed the earlier part of the episode, after we're done, it's going to be recorded. So go watch it because he showed us some awesome storyboards and he talked all about the, a lot of cool stuff. His experiences working on those shows. All right. Anything else to talk about with Supergirl? I don't think I'm so excited for this episode coming up tomorrow. I am so excited. I can't. You are really excited. I am. <laughs> I saw visual confirmation. Superman's in that finale, like we talked, and and also a certain bad guy. I don't, I don't want to spoil you, so no, I don't say anything. I'm excited for yeah, Superman. That hasn't. Return, that hasn't. I don't think that's been officially released yet. I mean, I know there's pictures out on Twitter and stuff like that, but the 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 other. No, don't tell me. Yeah. Character. <laughs> yeah. So I know I wasn't gonna do it. Could be Savitar. I would probably get in trouble. 
<laughs> All right, so what we do is we rate each episode every week. Uh, we do like a five-star system, but we do different like categories for each show. So Supergirl, we do it out of five capes is what we do it, right? So, okay, uh, Yes. So, uh, Danielle, what would you give this episode of Supergirl? I'm going to give this four magnificent flowing capes. Oh, wow. She really added the magnificent and flowing. She really liked it. <laughs> That's right. Better than just regular cake. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy, what would you give it? Uh, I would give this a solid four, too, actually. I really thought it was a sort of a return to form of, like, the, the sort of uh, more, like, the sort of funner episodes. Uh, funner not being a real word, but uh, I think you understand what I mean. Um, the only the only thing that sort of that did sort of keep it from being a five was uh, the absence of uh, of uh, Kyler Kyler Lee. Uh, I just I think her Alex is just an amazing character and really adds a lot to the show. So it's kind of a kind of a drag when she's on a on a lighter uh, or with just when there's less of her on the show. This is why I'm excited for next week. Yeah, you're like Kyler. Don't stop taking breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Be on every episode. Uh, all right, so uh, Marks, what do you give it? I'm going to give it four non-cat-eating, grief-baking capes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I will also actually give it uh, four capes. Uh, so, well, four across the board, man. Yeah, I think it was a very strong episode. Uh, so good stuff. All right. Uh, in the chat here, what do we got? Oh, Carrie Johnson says, I want more of Lyra, Wynn, and Guardian. All right, so he liked that dynamic. That, yeah, that could, I think that could be fun if they, if they do that correctly. They could, that could be a fun dynamic between the three of them. So Lyra feels like uh, um, Anya from Buffy, that dynamic. Yes. Mm, yes. yes. Yeah. Totally. Call. Maybe, maybe the bunny thing is like her cat thing. Did Anya <laughs> eat bunnies? Yeah. Well, no, I think, yeah, Anya was scared of Bunny. No, she, she, scared. Was, she was afraid yeah. of them, yeah. yeah. A lot of Buffy references today. All right. Yeah, I blame myself. <laughs> no, it's fine. Buffy's great. Emma All Caulfield's right, so we're going to move on. She was always my favorite on Buffy. Emma Caulfield? Anya. Emma Caulfield oh, okay. was the best. I just Okay, nice. Yeah. All right, She's so Buffy. now we're anyway. still going to talk uh, Flash and Arrow in a few minutes, folks. But let's. we'd like to do some uh, quick news here. What's going on with the DC universe so uh earlier this week all right uh or i guess last week really uh they announced that there's going to be uh a dc entertainment digital network and uh so kind of like a netflix in a way or hulu where you have to subscribe uh, to watch the content online uh on this network they're going to have a live action titans series so based off the teen titans and they're also going to move the third season of animated series young justice outsiders to this new network um so what do you guys think i mean marks i know you're you've been wanting a, a titans a teen titans show uh for quite a while now yeah right so this part must excite you right at least that there's gonna be a titan show yeah i'm excited there's gonna be a titan show they're gonna have dick grayson maybe raven i can't remember who what they said exactly but um starfire and such um i am like a little concerned a little bit that they're doing this on their own thing um I'm, I'm not sure how that's gonna people gonna react to that but i'm, I'm assuming cw seeds had a, like a lot of the dc superhero stuff on it this this season so maybe that was a test run for them to see how popular it would be um so yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to it i like to see those characters brought to life in live action and kind of wish it would be tied in with the arrowverse probably not going to be though 
but maybe maybe we in the multiverse. Maybe they can still cross over at some point. Well, like we were talking pre-show before we went live, uh, it would be really cool actually if they put Speedy uh, Thea over to the Titans if if they continue what they're doing on Arrow now and they have no seemingly no idea what they're going to do with her or just not have her on the show, which she's not <laughs> been pretty much the last half of the season. Um, so that could be a great fit, I think. I would like to see that. I know it would be very yeah, nice. Please. Yeah. Because we want more speedy, basically. Speedy, more speedy 2017 is my trademark slogan for you want to show all, picture? All, of, all of this year. This is, what, oh, you, this is what I got at Silicon Valley Comic Con. Nice. Very cool. Cool. Oh, wow. That's great. Which is very awesome. I mean, I would like, I would love to see like Kid Flash from Flash. I would love to see Speedy, you know, from Arrow being there. I just don't see any signs of that. And then it'd be interesting to see since they've been not using Batman in, in television property, they're going to have Dick Grayson. If that means they're going to try to separate Nightwing from Batman, just do like a vague reference kind of thing, or if they're actually going to tie that in somewhat. So a lot of ifs. Who knows? Mm. What's gonna Car- in, the, in the chat, Kerry Johnson says a live action Titans cool, but what will the budget be like? So I guess he's wondering if you know, like since it's uh, for their online network, if they will have the same kind of budget as these, you know, the CW shows have that are on TV. But they better if they wanted to succeed. Yeah, because it's like CBS Access, but they're doing Star Trek. You know, they're, yeah, they, they, feel, they feel the pressure that it has to be really good, or it's it's going to be hard to make that streaming network. You know, get profitable. I think that's it, right? Like, I mean, you have to you have to invest if you want to make it succeed. I think so. I mean, well, I mean, it remains to be seen, but it would. Be, I don't think it would behoove them to to not throw a bit of money at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they want to keep an audience, that's that's what they need is is the money to put it there. And for me, like, if it's like kind of no budget and there's not really storylines there, that's not going to keep me there. Especially, you know, something that's not on television, something that I'm not DVRing. I'm have to go on the internet, which I rarely do, which is not as convenient as like Netflix would be for me, which is easy to pop up. You know, this is something I don't really know. And it's, you know, I have to kind of figure it out. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't, they did a little like spin-off uh, Cisco series, didn't they? Kind of online for the CW? Yeah. For a while during, I think, was it season two? I didn't know that. Um, that was fun. Yeah, to it was watch. towards like the second half of season two, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that was fun to watch, and I wanted to come back and see it each time, just like, um, you know, Fear the Walking Dead does their own spirit, uh, spinoff thing on the internet, too, which you can watch. Um, yeah, different series. companion web series. Yeah, when they're off the air. Like, when, I wouldn't mind when all these shows are off the air and they're airing this stuff, or, like, little mini-series. I, that would drive me to go watch that stuff. Mm-hmm. Good idea. So I think, by the way, uh, if you're watching Warner Brothers in DC, if you would like a no-budget show done, we'll be happy to do one for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I think you brought up CBL Access, CBS All Access, right, and Star Trek. And I think, yeah, this this kind of a network is probably going to have the same challenges as that, right? Which I think is if if you need content, right? And right off the bat, if you only have one or two shows, that's tough, I think, man, you know? Um, it's tough to have someone paying every month if you don't have a lot of content to give them. Like, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, right? But I don't want to pay CBS money <laughs> to watch this when I have to pay all these other things. I'm going to basically do it for one month, watch all the episodes, and then forget it. I'm done. See you later. Because I don't, I don't watch any CBS shows. Like, I freaking CBS is my least favorite network. There's nothing on there I care about. Um, 
outside of Star Trek. So I guess I'll have to see, like, I think in this network, though, they're going to put on, I'm assuming they're going to, I don't know, like other stuff maybe that they have the rights to, right? Like older stuff too, I would guess, maybe. Well, sounds like it's be all DC-related stuff, right? Yeah. So it's going to be, yeah, it'll probably be CWDC, Constantine, you know, whatever they've done. Maybe Gotham, right? I think. Maybe not. I don't know. Possibly. Um, um, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's all about licensing, right? And who owns what and and. Yeah, it's tricky. Whatever kind of deals they can come up with. So I don't Netflix, really, yeah, it's weird. Netflix worked out a deal recently with them for the CW shows. Like if you look, I was surprised Legends of Tomorrow season two, boom, I was on there like a week after it was done. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, right away. So oh, I wonder how this connects with that or if it's going to interfere. So I don't know. Well, I can tell you the article says the service is described as an immersive experience designed just for DC fans. That's how they describe it. Is it, it. virtual reality? Yeah, I'll do that. Immersive. <laughs> <laughs> you become Nightwing. <laughs> well, that would be awesome. I'm would sold, be, yes, man. I would, I would do that. <laughs> All right. We'll have to see. And I don't know Never. when they're planning to launch this. I would guess probably sometime in 2018 would be my guess. I think that's what's said. It's probably safe yeah. bet. Yeah. All right, so uh, Marks, we have one other news item, right? Oh yeah, Marks, uh, you're the one who wanted to talk about this. We didn't want to talk about it. Sorry. So the TV show Powerless, which none of us have watched, unfortunately, uh, is probably going to be canceled. So it's been pulled off the schedule. It's all our fault. Yeah, <laughs> it was pulled off the schedule, and uh, the creator or one of the producers had said on Twitter that it was not a good sign and so it's probably not going to continue so which is too bad but it was it was a daring it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a drag i saw i've seen i think maybe two or three episodes of it and it actually like legitimately made me laugh um but i could see it not really appealing to like an audience outside of sort of the diehard kind of comic book nerdy sort of people like myself uh, which is unfortunate, though, because I mean, I just I love Alan Tudyk and I love uh, uh, Ron Funches. I mean, it just it was it was pretty it was full of some pretty talented people and funny people. So, anyways, but again, yeah, I mean, I only saw two episodes. So. You had a great a great cast. It was just a, it was a very bold move on their part to do do that. So, which yeah. I have to I have to yeah, say that DC Warner sure. Brothers does do bold stuff. Like Gotham was a bold move too. You know, some unique choices or properties see gotham's such a hit and a miss for me like i'll watch it one season and, and then i'll get lost halfway through and stop it but then i'll watch it again but powerless was i watched it at comic-con as i told you guys before we were on air and i loved it it was hilarious alan tudyk is amazing in it just you can't not laugh when you're watching alan tudyk Fair. he's great but it's just i just forgot when it was appearing up and it would always like run commercials or advertisements when i was you know watching on demand stuff but i would always forget to tape it and i would always forget when it was on and then i don't really know where to go to find it on demand it was just kind of like a search thing for me and i think that's the kind of the thing people forgot about it just like we just forgot about it right now so <laughs> i forgot what we're talking about now <laughs> we're talking about I love how Danielle, you just said tape it, which actually we were we were making fun of her for how much younger she is than us, but actually she's maybe not that young after all. She actually said I was taping something. Man. She's like, yeah, I don't know if I go, I don't ever go on the internet. I don't know if I'm gonna check that out. I, <laughs> I tape stuff. <laughs> yeah, she did say she's never on the internet earlier, even though she's on the internet right now on the show. But 
I am young, but I still recorded things on my VCR. Oh, wow. So you had a VCR? I did have a VCR. All right, good. That makes you feel much better. Now Mark's and I are not so old. You don't feel as old. Still need to go watch Highlander, though. Right. <laughs> I still feel I still feel pretty old. I'm, I'm <laughs> I still have my VCR. I do too. Uh, and up until up until the uh, I moved apartments just recently, like over just about a year ago, uh, it was actually hooked up. So <laughs> when we moved into our new apartment, we didn't hook it up again. But uh, up until then, nice. So, you know that, uh, that VHS of so- speed. I can't play that on my uh, on my uh, PlayStation. So. <laughs> Uh, Francis has a lot of comments going on here. Let me share some of these. Uh, thank you for watching, sir. Uh, first, he says, Danielle is retro and legit. Okay, nice. Uh, <laughs> she is. He says, uh, so he says about Powerless, uh, he says he wasn't surprised it got canceled. It's kind of funny, but no one was watching. It was just getting good. The cast was fun, but they didn't get really good going until five episodes in. Okay, well, my friends, you were watching it. Uh, he says about the DC uh, digital service, they're shooting themselves in the foot with these subscription services. They already got get advertising revenue. Why double ding the viewers? I guess so. I guess he's saying like asking them to pay for something else. I think that's how things are going to move to eventually. I just it don't is. know if people are quite ready yet. You're right. It absolutely is the way things get are, are going to move uh, that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting business model, and I don't really understand it. <laughs> so I, that's my. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is going to become certainly where like you're all we're going to probably going to be subscription, and you kind of choose which ones you want to subscribe the most to, right? So maybe you'll subscribe to CW, even though they're actually very cool that you can watch all their stuff free online, which is how I do it now on CW and yeah. it's available. A lot, a lot of ads, so, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's that's all right. But you know, it's free. That's true. <laughs> I mean, if it came as a package, like you know, I pay for HBO for Game of Thrones, but you know. HBO Go shows up on my smart TV, so it's like more convenient for me that I'm already paying. It comes in my cable bill. I don't have to pay extra on top of it. I'm just paying for television, but it's easy access right away. So if it was something like that, it'd be a lot easier for me too. Right, but I mean, you know, if you love if you love like the DC stuff like we do, right? If, you know, I would pay for DC Network and CW if that meant no cable and not paying for cable, right? Which is crazy expensive. Um, yeah. See, the issue there, though, is that if you end up paying for a dozen streaming services, uh, services to get all of the content that you want, you're going to end up paying more than you are for cable right now, anyways. Do you know what I mean? So right. they really yeah. kind of need to. They kind of need to be careful. It's a, it, it, I think that it's a good model, but if they if they get a little greedy or maybe too specific, I think then it might actually end up shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. I mean, what I think Hulu is actually a good model because it it was. NBC shows, Fox shows, ABC shows, and it was up until recently or last year. CW as well. And then CW just moved them all to their own right uh, site. Uh, but that's good, man. That was pretty much everything except CBS for the networks. And, and like you said price. before, there's nothing on there that you don't want to. Watch. Right, exactly. I didn't care about CBS. So I was like, sure, who's great? That's everything I want for one price. Man, that must be nice. You can't get it in Canada. Oh yeah, they don't have Hulu in Canada. I keep forgetting that. You got Netflix, no, no Hulu. Terrible. Well, they're gonna get, so they're gonna get Star Trek Discovery on in Netflix, right? I probably yeah, they'll figure something out. We've think, got think, uh, there's that, and there's there's one that we've got up here called Crave TV, which has a lot of the like HBO content and stuff, and they've got a big Star Trek section. So if anywhere, I'd probably end up there. But hmm. nice, um, yeah. All right, we'll see. It's as long as I can they're... see it, that's all I care about. <laughs> I guess it matters what their price structure would be and if it's really just only DC. So, mm. 
Congrats, streaming service. Right. All right, that's the news. We still got Flash and Arrow to talk about. Let's go into Flash, and uh, Marks will lead us off. All righty. So this was episode 19 of season three, called The Once and Future Flash, directed by Tam- Tom Cavanaugh, we mentioned before. I think it's the first time directing for any of the CW shows. Um, and it's written by Karina Adley McKenzie, who this is her first Flash episode writing, but she's written, she used to write for the originals. So it's an interesting transition. Um, so in this episode, Caitlin or Killer Frost destroys her necklace and escapes. Uh, Barry decides to travel to 2024 to discover Savitar's identity. There he learns that Cisco lost his powers after fighting Killer Frost, who joined forces with Savitar, shattering his hands. Uh, he also learns that HR became a successful novelist and owns HR Jitter, or Jitter's HR, HR Jitters. And uh, Julian works at Iron Heights, watching over Caitlin. Wally's canatonic after a fight with Savitar. Joe's upset at Barry for leaving him uh, after Iris's death. And uh, future Barry is with long hair, very reclusive, hiding in Star Labs. Uh, and in his absence, the criminals are running amok, um, and Top and Mirror Master taking over Central City. So Barry doesn't learn Savitar's identity, unfortunately. But he does after some prompting by Cisco, who at first uses a device to prevent Barry from returning to the past. Uh, convinces Barry to reunite Team Flash. He fights Top and Mirror Master and is a little overwhelmed at first, but he gets help from future Barry and also the device that that, uh, Cisco created to defeat Top and Mirror Master. Now, future Barry does give present Barry some information about the Speed Force trap they used to trap Savitar four years after uh, Iris' death. And it was done by, uh, with the help of a scientist named Tracy Brand. So he gives him the information to give to Tracy Brand, maybe to hopefully kind of jumpstart that research. And the episode ends with Killer Frost meeting with Savitar, who offers to eliminate uh, her Caitlyn side forever. She's reluctant, but Savitar reveals his identity to her, which uh, oddly changes her mind. All right. Uh, Let me share some of the chat real fast here. Francis Fernandez says, I felt the worst for HR. In the last episode, he was so close to marking an activity off his list. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) HR was the man this episode, man. Oh, man, was he getting the ladies. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was a really funny scene, I thought, though, when he was doing his book reading. <laughs> it was. Texting. I think the the best part was, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the tribute to Inanda Jones when he lost his one drumstick and the door was closing, but he reaches back <laughs> out to grab it, and there you go. Um, okay, oh, shit. So- was that a tribute to Indiana Jones? Absolutely. It totally was. Okay, so um, some of you may know this, some of you may not know this, but I uh, uh, have uh, a couple of items of uh, clothing that uh, I've got an Indiana Jones uh, fedora in the Raider style uh, made by the guy who made uh, Harrison Ford's hats for uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So this was a birthday present, and I've also got a Raider's jacket, which was a Christmas present from my wife. Anyways, that being said, uh, I was on set wearing the jacket, and uh, Todd Helbing was there as well, showrunner Todd, Hel- Todd Helbing, uh, and it was, so it was me and Tom Cavanaugh and, uh, and uh, Todd Helbing, and Tom comes around the corner, and he's like, oh, 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 you gotta see this, you gotta see this, and he literally grabs me and pulls me around the corner to a set of monitors where uh, he plays that scene for me, where 
with the drumstick and the reach back and the whole pulling back thing and everything because Tom knows that I love Raiders of the Lost Ark because we just had this giant conversation about it. So I'm not saying that I'm responsible for that scene <laughs> being in there, but I'm just going to stop it there. But anyways, I was, uh, I was pretty impressed with that. It was quite, uh, it was quite awesome. Anyways, that's my little story. That, that's awesome. I love that, <laughs> that insight. Very sweet. Uh, in the chat, uh, oh, well, first Francis wants to know, Jeremy, how do I become your best friend? <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You just did it right there. That's all you got to do is just ask. Well, uh, you can come <laughs> to San Diego Comic-Con, where if we're lucky, uh, Jeremy will be on a, the panel DC Action Hour with us. If we'll, We're keeping our fingers crossed that we're going to do it. My fingers are crossed. Yes. So that would go. be super cool. Be, I'm really, really hoping that that plays out and that that's uh, that that happens because I'm I'm already looking forward to it. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh no, <laughs> he's going to be heartbroken. All right, come on, Comic Con, accept it. Don't uh, break his heart. I'm sure I'm sure I'll live, but you know, I'm still. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. And anybody who comes, he'll be your new best friend at the panel. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of perks though to being my new best friend. Like I, I'm kind of reclusive, and I don't really, <laughs> I don't, and I don't treat my friends well. So, uh, oh my god, <laughs> what? Wow. I'm kidding. I don't even know. I don't even know what that meant exactly. But anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, Francis says we all need to meet up at San Diego. Uh, we're actually, and yes, actually, uh, Francis and I, we were hanging out uh, last year at San Diego Comic Con. Actually, he was helping out with the panels I was doing. Uh, so thank you, sir. Excellent. And uh, the plus note there also is that if that does happen and and, I, and we do end up in San Diego, head to toe, uh, Indiana Jones cosplay. So, oh nice. my goodness, <laughs> we we need like photos yeah. already. Well, that's appropriate. I was going to wear my Marion cosplay, so that would be great. To hey, know. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> who's that little? Uh, who's the little kid in uh, the second of the? Uh, Temple Doom? Yeah, short sure yeah, Marks, you want to be short <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I don't know who you can be, Danielle. Yeah, I'll have to figure that out. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about doing a Jesse Quick cosplay, though. Oh, that'd be awesome. I love Jesse. Oh. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. You should totally do that. We could all, there we go. Marks, Danielle, we could all do different speedsters. There we go. <laughs> the, the three speedsters in Indiana. Right. So, Mark, you're gonna be Savitar because yeah, you're obsessed I'll, just, with I'll, I'll be walking slightly. I'll be walking slightly uh, off to the side because I don't fit in with this. I, I, feel, I feel like <laughs> I set this up for a horrible joke. Can you, actually, can, can you just walk in slow motion so it looks like we're going really fast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There. You go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Mark, what were you saying? Uh, what was I was gonna say. Like that, Jeremy. Good. He's already doing it. We're great. Oh, wow. Good. You guys are already moving super fast. It's amazing. Oh, the Savitar costume would be a little tough to pull off. That's a, oh, that's yeah. a tricky cosplay. Actually, okay, that's that's what for I want sure. to see at San Diego this year. I want to see somebody doing a Savitar cosplay. That would be, awesome. be cool. Yeah, you know somebody's working on it. Somebody's got to be working on it. Uh, Francis says in the chat, he's going to cosplay as the boulder. From the <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, actually. Oh, I so want to see that now. Just going like, to follow me around panel, the whole time. If we get through our panel, you'll you'll run into the panel with the boulder rolling after you. Nice. I think that's how our panel ends. That's just us running, grabbing right. grabbing the treasure and running. Just Francis. Here comes Francis. <laughs> oh, good. We're gonna have treasure there. Excellent. 
Ooh, wow. Oh, there you go, folks. You might get treasure if you come to the panel. <laughs> <laughs> We're really selling this now. This is getting elaborate. <laughs> yeah. I hope the people who like decision-making powers uh, are listening to this because this is all gold. I should put all this on the floor. Like, we're going to have a boulder. We're going to have treasure. <laughs> all right. So, oh, we got so much off track. I have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Flash. All right. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Jeremy's new best friend gets a slightly used VCR. That would be their gift. <laughs> <laughs> well used. Well used. And then uh, Carrie also says, was there a reason 2017 Barry didn't find that speed force trap scientist in the future and figure out how the trap worked or take her back to the past? Uh, well, yeah, you're kind of starting to get into the part of probably maybe that didn't make total sense, sort of, but she died. Well, didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't they say oh. in the episode that like they hinted like she's super hard to find and then he's like, I have no idea where she went, so... Oh, I, if they did, I didn't, I missed that. I mean, he gave her the thing. He had said, the future one said, here's this device. I have no idea how it works. But oh, so, well, I don't know if it's a device or it's information. Or information, device. you're right. Because I, I thought he said along while saying all that stuff that he had no idea where she was now. Oh, yeah, that he would have to go back and try to find her, right? Yeah. Locate her in the past? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. They, they hadn't hired the actress yet. That's why she wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, you Jeremy's know, like, actually, they have. I know. <laughs> no, at the time, at the time that this was being shot, I don't think that it had been nailed down yet. Actually, so oh, that might have been a factor. You never know. <laughs> also, it's time travel. You can never. There's always. There's always at least one thing that doesn't make sense, right? So. <laughs> yeah. In the heat of the moment, it's hard to think about one. that kind of stuff. I right? gave a pass on that one. It's like that's right. Yeah. It's in the heat of the moment. It's hard to think about that kind of stuff. It's hard to think out the time travel. Then he goes back. There's and goes, so many oh, threads. What I should have done? <laughs> what I should have done? Man, I could have stopped everything. But yeah, it's... I but I love this episode though. I actually think this was the strongest ones maybe of the whole season. Um, dude, yeah, man, I fucking love Grant Gustin. He's such a good actor. Like he is so good in these both these roles in this episode. Uh, like as the future, like you know, like defeated version of himself. And those scenes where he has himself, man, that's some riveting like TV right there. Um, just like seeing all the characters and the different how they are in the future now was just everything was just so well done, I thought, and just like kind of pitch perfect. Even in the cemetery where he's talking to Joe and Joe never looks around, so he actually doesn't ever see that it's the past yeah. one. Like, what a good choice that was, like directorial. That was a good directorial, scene, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I love like. Uh, the sort of like glimpse of the of the dark future stuff uh, has always been sort of one of my favorite sort of uh, like story molds. It's just uh, or, the, or like the alternate present or whatever, like all of that stuff where it's just like it's all these characters that you know, but everything's just a little bit different because of whatever. Uh, always riveting. Yeah, I I think one of my favorite things is seeing Caitlin being Killer Frost. I cannot get enough of watching Danielle Panabaker play this just amazing character. And the way that she loves to toy with them, too, because she used to be friends with all of these guys. So she knows them, and it's such this personal, deep darkness in all of them, and it brings out darker in all of them, too. And in Tom Felton's character, I mean, just to see, you know, he caused this, this is his fault, and you just see this guilt in, in the future of him, too, and he's got to take care of her because he just feels responsible for all of this. 
And, I mean, to see Cisco, I mean, we saw dark Cisco in the beginning of this season, and it seems like he's starting to turn that round a little bit more. And we see just, like, still the hopeful Cisco that we know and love in the future trying to get everyone back together. It's, I just love seeing all the, just the twists you can do just with time. And just, I mean, the time is, reveals all knowledge and pe- present, future things. I just, I can't get enough of this show. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great episode. It was nice to see Top and Mirror Master back and a little more powerful. And that was uh, nice to see them back as some villains. And uh, the Barry Joe scene in Cemetery was well done. I kept going, just turn around. It's not him. <laughs> didn't do that to you. <laughs> uh, it was funny, too, the Sween Low Sweet, sweet Chariot moment <laughs> when they just start bursting out in song. Oh, that's when they were. You remember that when they locked themselves in the containment area, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was. I'm not sure why though. Did that? <laughs> well, HR started it, so yeah. Know. Well, that's HR, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I feel like I'd, I'd have to watch it again, but I feel like they did some different like color grading or something for the future thing to make it look a little bit visually different. If I'm not mistaken. I think they did more diffused or more something. And color grading. Well, I think they were saying too, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter of people laughing because they felt like Grant Gustin stole Oliver Queen's wig from all his yeah. flashbacks. Just dyed it a little <laughs> darker and there we go. Oh really? I didn't even, I didn't make that connection actually. I thought he looked he looked cool with the hair. Yeah, he looked fine with it, yeah. When you're depressed, when you're when you're upset like that, the last thing you're worried about is cutting your hair, right? So <laughs> right. like seriously. He hasn't cut it. He hasn't washed it. You know, that hair reminds me of the guy from Magicians, the lead character from Magicians. His hair and start. Maybe they just keep sharing the wig. Everybody always goes to share. (laughs) Yeah, there's one. They just keep. Yeah, they cycle it around. In the chat, Francis says he likes the new suit. What did you guys think? I actually thought it was kind of cool. The future suit. I I thought it was really cool. I really liked the new colors. Uh, I, I think Marx doesn't like it, but I thought it's, you know, it's cool watching the suit evolve <laughs> from season to season because we had the, I think the emblem was, was red, wasn't it, before before we got white in the first season? So Yeah, season one. Yeah, his suit red, keeps yeah. evolving, and I, I like change. Change is cool. Yeah, this suit actually felt was a little kind of brighter, which is interesting because the character was much darker here. Uh, it's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I make one every every like uh, <laughs> year or so. I make one good one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's something about the costume I didn't quite like. I think it's something maybe, you know, if they decide to evolve into that, they could probably tweak it. Maybe it just didn't fit on him right or something. I don't know. There's something off about it for me. Uh, in the chat. Bright. Oh, Francis says, how bad does that wig smell? <laughs> well, if it's shared a lot, probably pretty bad. Uh, he, Francis also liked the metal hands that Cisco had. Uh, yeah. Cool and brief effect, he says. But then Carrie Johnson says, "Future Cisco with his Sky Skywalker metal hands was a bummer." Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it's a downer seeing him without hands. I mean, that's obviously very tra- tragic that that happened. Because he can't use any of his powers. He's he's literally nothing. Like the meta got just taken, wiped away from him. I'm okay with that though, because for me, Cisco. I like Cisco before the powers. He's fine with the powers. It's fine. But Cisco's power was his intelligence for me. You know. And I, I like that when characters like 
some one of these things these shows do, I think, a little bit too much is they have to say everybody has to have a power. Everybody has to be a superhero. Like, no, you can just be super smart and be awesome and like help the superheroes. Like, that's what I like. I was gonna say I was watching this. It wasn't this episode, but it was uh, one of the earlier ones from the season. And my wife walked into the room and she doesn't watch uh, the shows. Uh, so she walked in and she looked at it and she was like, I think it was Cisco was using his powers and she, and she was like, literally like, so what? Like everybody's got powers now. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, kind of yeah. <laughs> And she just kept walking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, we got Jessie Quick, who got her powers, which she was powerless before. Caitlin Snow was powerless before, but. Yeah, Joe and HR are like the only ones who don't have powers. <laughs> no, if your father's <laughs> cops, you don't get powers. And Iris. Because <laughs> Joe I, West and Lance, you know, they don't, they didn't get All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay to be a hard-boiled cop. You don't need powers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think I would be scared if HR had powers. All right. Uh, you control little... those drumsticks like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Super drumstick twirling. He's going to be the new Nightwing. There you go. You got the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, can I ask you this? Speaking yep. of the drumsticks, do you know, did, did Tom Cavanaugh, was that, did he come up with the drumstick thing or did the writers or? I, I believe it was his thing, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was his idea, if I'm not mistaken. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And then I think uh, the uh, uh, producer's assistant uh, is a bit of a drummer, or was in a band or something. Was actually sort of giving him some private lessons and stuff to sort of make it look authentic. I don't really know where they came from or why they came from, but I'm pretty sure they were Tom's ideas. Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, in the chat, Francis says HR has the power of seducing the ladies. In this episode, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that scene was pretty funny. But to to be so close, but yet so far away, be taken out of that moment. But I mean, he he bounced back right away. I mean, he was like bummed out, and then it was like, but Team Flash can get yeah. back together. He was bummed out for like half a second. Oh yeah, and then, yeah. you can't keep HR down. No, especially when he was looking for his drumsticks too. I mean, automatic happiness back to those, looking for those and throwing right. things all over the place. Right, like freeway drumsticks. Ah, this is good. Same thing. Come on, drumsticks. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. I just want to talk about this episode. Anything else? Well, uh, I, I know our guests can't talk about it, but we probably should talk about it. Yeah. Who do we? Let's go to Danielle because she has a really actually good theory. She told me this theory about Savitar before I'd watched it. And I was like, Danielle, what are you talking about? And that's what my head I was doing. And then I was like, oh, I know exactly what Danielle's talking about now after I watched it. <laughs> well, because I thought you watched it and I was like, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And you're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, okay, wait. I didn't actually say that. I actually said it was very nice. It in my head. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, he'll watch it and he'll get it. Yeah. Well, oh, you're totally right. I got it immediately. I was like, oh, fuck. Hey, up, I got it. it. It makes more sense the more I've been thinking about it. And Ronnie Raymond is my pick for Savitar. And I think it's Jeremy, a do lot... Not, do, do not react to this at all, because I don't want to know if she's right. <laughs> no, I'm literally going to... I'm going to give a, an all-encompassing no comment at the beginning of this, and I'm not going to involve myself or participate in any way. Okay, watch, very good. Watch, watch me pull a Twitter, though, and, like, make something out of that no comment. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. he twitched yeah. the way that he twitched his left eye is, is making me right. Yeah, I'm going to twitch everything constantly. So <laughs> everything is just going to be twitching the whole time, so you can't read anything. I'm just nothing. 
Watch for the tweet from her that says, Jeremy Sims are confirmed. Savitar is Ronnie Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> Francis is like screen capping everything in the next like two minutes. He, oh. <laughs> Todd Helbig calls him up like, Jeremy, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, the reason... I believe I said no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, now, the reason that I think this is the one that gave it away for me is because Killer Frost is more loyal to Ronnie Raymond because Caitlin Snow has that connection. And I mean, as soon as he reveals himself to her, she immediately like, there's no question or snarky comment, which is what you expect Killer Frost to do. Like, oh, well, because you think you're blah, 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 you think uh, I'm going to follow you. I mean, automatically the first words out of her mouth is what can I do? You know, how can I help? And the only person she was really with that for was Ronnie. And the other reason why I think it too is because when we lost him in the season one finale, he went up into, you know, the speed force kind of thing that Barry had opened the time portal and took that thing off and disappeared. We have no idea where he went. There was no explanation. He could have ended up in the speed force and us not knowing he just has that capacity and he could be angry because, you know, that took away the future with Caitlin. That was his happiness. He had just gotten married. They were about to have this journey of a life together and, you know, he's gone and could be trapped in the speed force forever, watching Caitlin grieve over him, watching Caitlin move on, you know, this whole thing with Julian now. So it's like he can kind of see this and feel this. And maybe he's angry because Barry's been in the speed force back and forth and not known that he's there. And that can, that can harbor a lot of anger. And, you know, he has every reason to be upset with Barry. And, you know, he went up there to sacrifice himself, but he can be blaming Barry that you're the one that did this to me. So... That is my theory, and that is what I'm sticking to. I, I think it's really smart. It makes a lot of sense. Because I, I was trying to think afterwards, who else would Caitlin have that reaction to? And I can't come up with anybody else. That, that's, you know, And even in the Earth 2 version of Killer Frost, right, was with Ronnie, right? A version of Ronnie? Yes. Yeah. So, like, that's been consistent. Uh, I never would imagine it would ever have been Ronnie, but now that you said that, like, it makes a lot of sense. Marks, what do you think, though? I want to hear your... I mean, her reaction would make sense for it. It might also explain why he wants to kill kill Iris, like killing uh, Barry's love and such. Um, that makes sense too. Uh, and it makes sense that he got lost in Speed Force too. I don't know if it makes. I don't know if it. There wasn't a lot of clues to it though, except that he was there when he was created. I guess is what a clue he had. Um, I don't know how I feel about him becoming a speedster though. It's kind of it's like he went from half firestorm to like the speedster now i don't know how that transition happens exactly well, let me but share some uh things in the chat here so uh carrie uh, said ronnie makes total sense based on caitlin's reaction that's what carrie johnson says and then francis these are his two comments in a row i don't think it's ronnie then ronnie has two powers firestorm and a speedster i think it's eddie thawne and then he says god danielle's making sense <laughs> that's why it's god he's got two powers <laughs> Francis just says, unless it's another universe Zoom, could that guy be back? Caitlin was loyal to him too. Oh, yeah. Not this Caitlin. No, Killer Frost was more scared of him. It was more like a fear, I'll do anything you want, just don't kill me and Ronnie. And then she kind of turned on him when he killed Ronnie, and she kind of helped the others escape because he had killed Ronnie. So it was more like a fearful thing rather than a, you know. Well, that's, that's an alternate future. Killer True. Frost. This this Caitlin did have feelings for him, and if she's turned dark, 
she might have she, that might be perfect in her mind of being like oh there's the dark zoom guy let's let's have babies now i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Well, when we when we went back into the Speed Force two to save Wally, Ronnie was there. I mean, Leonard Snart was there too, but Ronnie was there. Yeah. So it could be a you know um, a mirage of him too, and that could be a dead giveaway hint that we saw and kind of bypassed over. Mm. Well, I've been thinking it might for a while be Eddie, and I thought that you know he appeared in Speed Force two. That's true. And um, he, and he or sort of him version of the comic books became a villain. Blue Cobalt, I think his name was. Uh, it's reminiscent in some ways, some vague ways. Cobalt to, Blue. Uh, Cobalt Blue, yeah. Uh, these names. It's like, I remember Hot Pursuit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Pursuit. Um, so I was kind of hoping that might be him, but that doesn't necessarily explain her reaction, her reaction to Eddie. I mean, unless she's like, whoa, you're dead, you're back. That's interesting. Let's see what happens now or something. But I don't know. That's that, that reaction is what really makes makes the Ronnie thing seem more plausible. Yeah. I, I, but also, if it's an evil Barry Allen, that I think she would find pleasure yeah. in that and think that was really interesting and want to follow, you know, him and see what's going to happen, kind of deal too. Right, or it could be a red herring. <laughs> it could be. It could be Prometheus. It could be Patty Stewart. <laughs> No, stop saying that. Be as Patty, much as I yes. want Patty Stivic, you know how much I love her. I do not want her to be a terrible villain. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know enough that it's a guy. I think they've given that enough to us, so should be a man. Um, well, it could be doing a voice modulation thing. Um, well, we saw a back of him. It looked like a guy. And it looked like it could be the actor play Ron. I don't know, think it, it probably not even is the actor that's going to play him, but it could pass for Ron. Uh, in the chat, by the way, uh, Carrie had said it's a suit, so uh, that um, Ronnie wouldn't necessarily be a speedster, that the suit is giving him the speed. Um, yeah. That was interesting to see how the thing, like, I didn't expect it to, like, collapse like that. And, like, yeah, he, he just stepped out of, like, it was a very, like, transformery type thing that happened at the end. That's pretty cool. I guarantee you, uh, Anthony, right? Whenever you went on fours like that, was going, it's going to be Gorilla Grodd. Oh, yeah. One of our viewers, <laughs> Anthony, Gorilla like, Grodd. <laughs> Because the voices are the same. Um, I actually thought, by the way, for a second, they were going to reveal it right there. It was like, oh, fuck. Are we going to actually see him? Like, no, okay, of course not. Oh, yeah. there is one other thing. I think they just might have thrown us in either as nothing or as as a red herring for people that have been saying online. But he, there has been a, a theory that, that it's a time rentiment of Barry, either because of Flashpoint or because of what he did during... Uh, with Zoom in the end of season two, where he created a version of himself and then burned away, maybe that didn't—he didn't die, kind of deal. Um, and they did mention time rentiments with future Barry. He said something about like, I even created future future versions, time mm -hmm. rentiments. I mean, he killed he killed most of them, and I thought that was interesting wording and such. Could be a total red herring, just because they know if they pay attention at all that that rumor's been out there a little while, and they just want to feed that. But mm. interesting. Uh, in the chat, Sci-Fi Paul, so, who's Ian, who's been on our show before a couple of times, says, I think it's probably either Eddie or Evil Barry. Uh, if Savitar suit was orange, maybe it's Trump. <laughs> God, oh, please, oh, please, I hope not. That's terrible. This orange troll has appeared before you. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, Francis, 
Now, Francis says it's Jeremy. That's why he's all quiet. Well, that was my theory at the beginning of the show. <laughs> oh, Jeremy did an excellent job, though, of being very stone-faced and not saying anything. So thank you, sir. Excellent job. Yes, he gave no problem. I, no, I, just, I, I wouldn't want to spoil anybody's fun. Yes. I appreciate that. No problem. Because I don't want my fun spoiled. For some, I don't, I don't like, like people for, like knowing this stuff. I don't know why. I don't, I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. It's, it's, it's weird. Like I, I've worked on stuff uh, that I'm like, wow, I'm super excited to work on this. I did two episodes of uh, Game of Thrones for the upcoming season, so I know things <laughs> that I don't oh, want to wow. know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just uh, on Friday I just started working on Deadpool two. Oh shit! I know things that I don't want to know. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna keep it secret. I need to get Jeremy a shirt now that says I draw and I know things. Uh, right. Hey, that actually totally. That's that's. I'm gonna that's have gonna to wear. That's totally right. He's not wearing his Indiana Jones. He's gonna wear that shirt at Comic Con. At Comic Con, I will present you with what? that shirt. I, I will wear it. That's a great idea. That's I love that idea. <laughs> I thought we were gonna say though, Danielle is I gotta get Jeremy drunk so he can tell me all these secrets. <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna give him the shirt, and we're gonna be at a bar, and then that's my <laughs> conversation topic later. Ah. Yeah, I don't really drink, so. Darn it! Oh. Darn <laughs> Your plan is spoiled. Yeah. All right. I make uh, an exception. I have like one drink. I'll be like, a, I'll be like a sieve. <laughs> Information just flowing through me. So now Francis says, "Just let me know, Jeremy. Has winter finally come?" I can't even tell you that. I just yeah. I can't say a thing. I won't say a thing about any of this. Uh, all I know is I, I'll tell you what I did. I worked on two episodes. They're right in the middle of the season, so there is still stuff in this upcoming season that I don't know, which is good. But there's other stuff that I do know that uh, I kind of well. I mean, on the one hand, I, I wish I didn't know. Right. Gotcha. All right. Uh, I guess that's wrap up wraps up our flash discussion, right? Besides rating. Oh yeah. So what do you guys rate it? All right. So so we do this out of five lightning bolts. Makes sense. All right, Danielle, what do you give it? I think I'm gonna do I'm gonna do four and a half lightning bolts. I think I'm saving I've been saving the five for the season finale because I think this is gonna be one for the books. I am so excited for the season finale. All right. I'm also gonna give it four and a half super electrifying lightning bolts. Uh, <laughs> because I uh, I thought it again was one of the best ones. Uh, and uh, yeah, I reserve five for like the musical and the other, and really amazing, <laughs> like you're saying. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, this was a great episode. Marks. Yep. Same with me. Four and a half. It's a solid episode all around. So, Jeremy. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go for four. I think only because I'm a I'm really nitpicky with my time travel stuff, and there, as we discussed, there were a couple of little thingies that uh, that didn't quite fly with me. But otherwise, like tonally, it was great. Performances on across the board were great. Uh, that bit with the building coming down on him was amazing. Uh, turned out really great. Whoever I don't know, whoever planned that out did a fantastic job. What am I talking about? Five stars. <laughs> five, five lightning bolts. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah, I do have to say time we'll travel. We'll call it time travel logic was a little fuzzy. But since Legends is tomorrow, I just gave up on worrying about that. <laughs> oh, it's it's cool going to that. Yeah. Uh, I love chat, Legend, so too. <laughs> lots of things in the chat. Uh, Sci-Fi Paul says, I don't drink either. I just self-medicate, LOL. Uh, <laughs> he does give the episode a five, though. He really liked this episode of Flash. Oh, wow. Uh, he says he dugs Emo Barry way cooler than the boring one. 
If that's what does he, you mean, normal Barry? I really like normal no, Barry. I don't think no, it's Barry. <laughs> normal Barry. I don't. We can get the darker Barry in the movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think he's gonna be that dark in the movies either. He's gonna be the comic relief. No, he's the comic I, relief. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure, yeah. right? Francis in the chat says, "You are a good man, Jeremy. I'll buy you a bottle of water since you don't drink." Uh, oh, that's thanks. very nice. I don't drink either, Francis. Why don't you ever fucking uh, buy me a bottle of water? I've known you longer. <laughs> Buy me a milk, man. That's what I drink. I love milk. Nice. Buy chocolate milk. All right. Uh, all right, there we go. So excellent episode of The Flash. Uh, we are going to move out to Arrow in just a minute, but we are going to say goodbye to Jeremy because he is not uh, up on all the arrows. We don't want to spoil anything for him. I am a couple of episodes behind uh, on, on my arrow, so, yeah, I don't want to get spoiled. I actually have an hour. I might uh, get caught up tonight, actually. I'll try anyways. But... Oh, do it. It's a, and I would. I, I think it's really It's getting very good here near the end, too. So. Yeah, these last two have been solid. Cool, great. Uh, all right, but I thank you so yeah, much for being I've, on. I've heard, I had a blast uh, with you. Oh, hey, no problem. I had a, I had a great time. It's uh, I always enjoy uh, uh, having these types of conversations and seeing people enjoying uh, the the shows that I'm involved in uh, so much as as you guys do. It's great because that, because they really are quality shows, and I, I like them too. And so it's kind of it's fun to be like involved, but also be a fan too, and sort of being you know part of that. So that's great. Awesome, cool. Thank you for showing us. Thanks some for asking boards. me on. Oh please! It was great to see some of your storyboards. Uh, you. Hopefully, we'll get to, we'll get to reunite. I see you at Comic Con. Do it all again. Uh, fingers crossed. That would be super cool. Yeah, but before you get out of here, give people one more time where they can check out more of your work online and find you on social media and all that good stuff. Okay, my website is uh, jeremysimser.com. dot uh, com. I am uh, on Twitter and Instagram at uh, at jeremy simser. Uh, and then, if you want, uh, on Tuesdays I do a little podcast called Ace the Cloak. Uh, and this Tuesday, I will be interviewing uh, Mark Guggenheim. Uh, you guys are going to talk about Arrow right now, so there you go. Uh, and uh, he's great, by the way. It's a really uh, uh, he's a great interview. He's really talkative and really bright and really just uh, uh, funny and just it was great. So I actually seriously highly recommend checking out my interview with Mark Guggenheim. Yeah, All right. awesome. Check it out, folks. Awesome. All right, thank you so well, much, Jeremy. Have- a blast with you. Oh, no problem. I have no idea how to sign out of this thing. So uh, <laughs> on my phone, I can do it on my computer. I don't, and we'll figure it out. Uh, thanks. Screen, so, there's probably a hang up phone or hang up button or something. Oh, probably. All right. Uh, thanks so much for having me, you guys. Enjoy, uh, enjoy talking about Arrow, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. See you later. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Cool. Cheers. Uh, Bye. See, Bye now. He's getting out of here. Let me share some chats here, things in the chat. Francis says, haha, I'll get you a gallon of milk, Jeff. Uh, please do. I actually go through get gallons like very quickly on milk, so <laughs> that'd be awesome. And then Sci-Fi Puzzle says he likes blue milk, which is a nice Bantha milk uh, reference from Star Wars. Uh, all right. So let's talk about Arrow. What's our last one here for today? Uh, okay. So Arrow, this is the 19th episode of season five. It is called Dangerous Liaisons. Uh, it is, I, know, I almost said that like French type. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's Dangerous Liaison. <laughs> Uh, I won't do that again. Uh, okay. It's written by Speedweed, and I love saying that guy's name, and Elizabeth Kim, directed by Joel Novoa. All right, so in this episode, uh, let's see, you guys help me out, sorry. I couldn't find a good summary online, so I'm just doing notes off the top of my head. Um, uh, so basically, uh, fuck, I had this all planned out too, and of course, as we get to here now, I'm <laughs> arcades are dangerous. <laughs> Arca- oh, they are very dangerous, actually. You're right. I, I actually forgot about that scene. It's been oh, there's, there's a funny reference, actually, in that. You're right, in that scene. 
Um, so anyway, basically everybody's after Adrian Chase now that they know he's Prometheus, right? So Team Arrow and the SCPD, and they're all trying to hunt him down. Um, and they do actually they do go to arcade. That's pretty early on in the episode, right? Um, yep. And what yeah. is it? Maximum Force is that the arcade game? Curtis Wright says is a classic. Yeah, vintage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, vintage. Right. There's a SpongeBob one too. So they try to track him down here, but he kind of booby trapped it. So the guns are like shooting at them and stuff. Uh, and he, you know, and they don't catch him there. And then, so uh, Felicity goes to her good buddies at uh, Helix and uh, talks to uh, Alina, is actually her name, but I, I'm gonna, I just gonna call her Hacker Girl. Uh, so, and tries to get their help with finding him. And they say, so there's this dude named Caden James, right, Marks, that's his name? I believe so, yes. Yeah. So he was like kind of the ultimate, he was, I guess, kind of like the leader of Helix, right? Or like the ultimate hacker in the universe, basically. And Argus has him as a prisoner and they want to free him because he has some kind of, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was some kind of device that can track anybody on the planet or something, right? Some kind of biologic tracking device. Is that what it was? Oh, uh, uh, read heartbeats. Read heartbeats? Yeah. Anyway, they basically, if he whatever he created, they could use that to track uh trace down right is the idea yeah right so they're like okay if you help us break him out of argus then he can give you this and you guys can get adrian chase and felicity thinks this is a fantastic idea uh well maybe not fantastic but she's willing to go along with it uh the rest of team arrow doesn't think it's such a good idea uh and they don't really think she should be doing this uh so there's some uh you know obviously storylines with her and oliver and stuff uh discussing the you know crossing the line and whether she should do this or not um and what he's had to do in the past to cross the line and uh and then uh of course then uh, lila comes in and uh, her and john get into discussion about the uh ethical implications of keeping somebody who really hasn't committed a crime but is very dangerous at a black ops site and having given not having any trial or anything which is what they're doing to this guy um so basically uh felicity and, and helix wind up trying to rescue him and Team Arrow helps Argus to try to stop them. And uh, they, uh, there's some stuff where they they had him in an offsite, but the Helix actually knew that. Uh, and so there's some fighting going on between them, but they do manage to rescue Caden. Uh, uh, he's all hooded, so we don't actually see his face at all. And uh, Oliver is about to stop them though and shoot them, stop them from doing that. Felicity stands in the way of him and basically says, you gotta shoot me more or less if you're gonna stop them. So they get away uh, with Caden. And uh, I mean, that's more or less. Oh, okay. Actually, at the very end, though, then Felicity and Oliver are in the arrow cave. Uh, going to use this new device they got to track Chase down. But then it explodes uh, just before they said that he's in the building with them or something. That's where it was showing them to be. And that's where the episode ends. All right. So uh, I thought, uh, sorry, I'm looking at the chat here to see if we're going to uh, chats right here. Uh, Sci-Fi Pulse says, thankfully it didn't have a Glenn, Glenn Close sex scene in it. Phew, that was close. What? what? Was that about Arrow? <laughs> was he talking about? What? Ian, all right, you gotta explain what you're talking about. I don't know what show you're talking about right now. <laughs> I'll go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> this confuses me. Yeah, cooking a rabbit or something? Uh, Francis says, my only gripe is Curtis taking, talking more like Felicity, Felicity talking more like Oliver, and Oliver talking still like Batman. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then Francis says, Hayden is Savitar. Oh, wait. Okay. All right. What could be? Could be. Uh, I don't know. I, I really like this episode a lot, actually. Um, I, I actually like that there's a lot of these, like, 
ethical considerations to keep in mind in this episode, right? That they were getting kind of down to some really gritty moral like discussions uh, on both sides, on like Felicity's side and Oliver and then and Lila and John, right? Uh, that's good stuff. Like when they when they get into that kind of stuff, like that makes the show like really have some really really I don't know to it or like cool stuff outside of all the fun action that they do, you know. Um, there were some also really really cool action scenes in this as well. I thought uh, I like that Curtis is with his with his balls now his T spheres. Curtis is like kicking ass now though, you know, in the scenes. And like Marks, your complaint that he always got his ass kicked every time he went out. Like now he's actually a badass. Yeah. Like they actually ran away from him when they saw yeah. him. Yeah. He's like, you want to see what else these guys do? And yeah, it's like yeah. when they saw his balls, they ran. Right. That's that, the lie should have been like, you want, you want to see my balls? You want to see my balls? <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm sorry. There was a really cool, uh, very touching B storyline uh, with Wild Dog and his daughter in this episode in Quentin. Uh, and Quentin. And the more they get into his backstory with his daughter, dude, the more I really like this character. Like, I really get more involved with him the more I see this. And I think it's just such a well done, very poignant storyline that they're doing with him as his daughter. Yeah, they, they've done an excellent job with him. He's really grown as a character. Yeah, he's really grown. I, they just, it's great. So I, I, I love that storyline. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think they did a lot of good stuff and a lot of conflict within the team on multiple yeah. levels, you know, was going on. There were so no flashbacks. Ooh. Oh my God, yes. I didn't even realize oh there was God. no flashbacks. Yes, no wonder I liked it so much. This is, yeah, this is why I enjoyed it so much because there's no flashbacks. But also in this B storyline though, I think they're kind of hinting because, um, uh, oh my gosh, Katie Cassidy is coming back so I think they were trying to hint too, you know, she is coming back at the end because, um, you know, he was looking at the picture of him and his daughter and they really like set on that. And it was all about, you know, a father and, and daughter B storyline. So I think they're kind of, you know, laying that path for the end of the season here when she does show up again. Because I think she's going to be a big part in the next season. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me just read some chat comments here. So uh, Ian, by the way, said, I guess he was referring to Dangerous Liaisons. Is that a movie she was in or some, something Liaisons? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm still clueless. <laughs> I guess we all. Uh, Carrie Johnson says, though, what I found interesting was Felicity telling Ollie he'd have to stop her from helping Helix. And then Ollie just lets her leave the apartment. Yeah, right. I mean, that is kind of true. I'll have to stop you. Can't do it right now, though. <laughs> this is no stop zone. But like next scene over though is like him telling Diggle, we're gonna stop her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like hmm. uh Francis says, speaking of kids, whatever happened to Ollie's son, did he get written out with Flashpoint and then Sci-Fi Paul says what happened to Ragman? Well, Ragman yeah. left in a few episodes ago. Uh his suit because his, his power suit stopped working, right? Uh I think Ollie's son still does exist, I wanna say, in this version, but they I think they've completely just decided we don't we don't know what to deal with. We don't really want to deal with this storyline. In the, in I'm pretty sure Prometheus mentioned his son at some point. Yeah. I think it was just to break up him and Felicity. Just I'll be honest with you. I didn't, yeah, I don't think that storyline made sense. If they weren't going to do anything with it, I would just wish they had never done that, to be honest with you. Well, it's nice that we're getting back to, you know, old school Arrow. I mean, this was really heavy, just Oliver and Felicity. And it's, it's great to see them using Felicity now, too, because... You kind of have an interesting storyline for her of like she's doing everything she can because she thinks in her heart that it's right. And she told Oliver too, like, how many times have I followed you down this dark path and, you know, I've just gone with it because you believed in your heart that that was right. So that was great to see out of the both of them. That's what's cool about this episode. I mean, it, it's, 
it is kind of hard to kind of say like, well, who is really right and wrong in this situation? And, and even with Lila and John, right? You can see like all these different, where they're coming from, these different perspectives and, and the points of view and stuff, which is, I think it's good writing. That's like, it's good drama. Yeah. It was dangerous though. Helix could have killed a bunch of agents. I think afterwards they said, <clears throat> right, Oliver says, nobody got hurt. They used rubber bullets. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. He does say at the end. But that was Lila's thing in the beginning, saying like you're endangering all these lives, which they still could have obviously gotten hurt and stuff. I, th I think the byline of this episode should have been called "Damn it, Lila," because that's how I felt the entire episode. And I mean, they set up at the wrong part, and that's because Lila forgot to enclose information because she didn't want to. Of that, oh no, he's actually hidden in a different place. You didn't think that this huge hacking company would not figure you out? Yeah. Well. I actually really like Lila, and I actually I'm okay with this them going here, that with her. I think it makes sense that like once she was in that position, look, I mean, that I can see someone going down that route saying I would never do this, and then once you're in it, saying like, oh shit, now I I can see some of what Waller did right, and like starting to go down that path, just like Lena's probably going to go down the path in Supergirl. No, I'm not gonna be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I know you're sad. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, she had a good a good reasoning too because they're compromised, Team Arrow, because of the relationship with Felicity. She if she told them. They could decide to go. Oh well, let's go ahead and tell Felicity where it's at. You know, whatever you know, and, and betray her, and think it was okay. So, I could see the logic behind it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, in the chat, Carrie Johnson says, "In an alternate reality, I see Wild Dog and his daughter being like Nick Cage's character in Hit Girl on the movie Kick Ass." And then Francis, <laughs> says, that would be awesome. That would be. Francis also says, "Arrow doesn't suck this season, yay!" And he says, "Lila is totally the new Amanda Waller." Yeah. Yeah, particularly, at, like, I definitely feel like you guys are saying Arrow is back, getting back on track to where it, it used to yeah. be and where it needs to be. I also feel like the new this team now is really kind of gelling together. Like, Team Arrow, like, it's I feel like they're really a good unit now, and, like, all the characters are working well. Like, Wild Dog's I think, great, and uh, and Dinah, you know, you know, Marks, you and I have said we love her, the new, you know, uh, Black Canary. Black Canary, yeah. Uh, yeah she's I actually would like to see a little bit more backstory down on her, to be honest with you, and flesh her out a little more. But I, I really do, too. Like She's such a strong character. She's pulling it off, but I would like to see some some more focus. She's on pulling her. off without it, which is how strong she is actually without at all, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, she's always kind of like she's she's also very smart, and she knows like what to do in such social situations. Like she like she take Curtis out, like saying like, dude, he wants to drink alone. Basically, like let's get out of here and leave Oliver alone. Like she kind of always knows what Ollie's going through. I feel. Like without him having to say anything, it's because you're gonna fall in love someday, right? Dude, that's what I want. That's one thing I want before the season ends. I want them to start hinting at their relationship. I don't just want them to be a black siren next season. Although they're probably gonna do that, um, or do a love triangle or something. Oh yeah, uh, it's Arrow. Yeah, they're going to. Yeah, but see, he wants. He needs to be with Diana Drake. That's what would be good for him. But they never do the ones I want. They always do the relationships like Elicity that I fucking never want to have. <laughs> Well, it's always been Oliver and Laurel. I mean, since season one, they've always had this connection. So I can see them ultimately ending the series ultimately with Oliver and Laurel. Yeah, I guess. Like, I was actually ready for that. Before we'll they killed off Laurel, I was actually going to be okay with saying, oh, okay, now Oliver and Laurel are going to get back together. Like, I was okay with that. But then they killed it off. I was like, all right, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but now maybe it will. Uh, one thing that didn't make sense to me totally was this whole key business. So she, Lila said there was, it, it need 24 hours to like recode it or something. But why would you leave it active if Helix has it? <laughs> like, I didn't get that. Well, why would, here's my problem. Why do these agents keep these special keys around their neck out in the open? They don't even like tuck it in their shirts. They're always like, look at this. I got a key right here. <laughs> 
it's kind of weird. And why do they suck at fighting? That all these agents like got took down really easy. I was expecting yeah. the woman on the car to be like, "Yeah, take down like five of you before you take me out." I, you know, I really did like the scene though when they were getting away in the van and Oliver's chasing after them, and Felicity puts up that the shield, like the the lasers, and she's like, "Oh, she's like, don't move." Just like, that moment, I loved because you could just see just them coming together, and this, it felt just like old Arrow again, and that it was. That was one of the greatest things at the end there. And, you know, she had to put that stuff down and run away, too. I kind of felt bad for her at the end of the episode, too, because she felt like she joined this club. And then uh, Hacker Girl is on the screen. They're like, well, you know, uh, we're not going to keep you in the club. But, you know, we did get you a present for thanking you, you know, for what you did. But I just I felt bad because it was like Felicity did all this stuff. And she was like, what are we doing next? And they're like, well, no. Yeah. And then, like, click. I was waiting for, like, this message will self-destruct. And, like, <laughs> it's Wait, not you, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was going to happen, right? Like, I, I knew it was going to not good be well with Helix. Like, it wasn't going to work out. With, yeah. uh, I actually was surprised Felicity wasn't pissed about it, to be honest with you. She took it like, oh, okay. I know. I was, I was like, wow, she's taking this very well. She's like, yeah, okay, it's fine. You Thanks. know what? It was because Oliver wasn't delivering the message. That's why <laughs> <laughs> she only gets pissed at him. <laughs> Uh, did you notice Edwin Perez from Standard Action appeared again? I did this time. He came in with like the one with the guns. Yeah. Standard Action is a web series. He's been on a Super Geek Up before and Mark's and I. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, who do you think is behind the hood? You know, I, I thought of an interesting idea. Who could Caden be? It would be, a, it would be a bold action. What if it's like an alternate ver Earth version of Wynn? Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh, uh, that would be nice. A darker version of Wynn. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. Well, you know, I, was, gonna... I thought they were going to fake out though because they were sitting there and kind of lingering on him for a while, and I was waiting for them to take the hood off, and I thought maybe it was a fake, so I was waiting for that reveal, and they kind of like kept the camera on him a little bit, and I was like, okay, well then reveal it, well then reveal it, and she kept sitting there like, we're going to get you out of here, it's totally fine, and it was just kind of this awkward pausing moment, which was a little weird. They could have either you know either rushed him out of there really quick or revealed who he was automatically. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's only one reason they did it that way is because it's somebody we know and they don't want to reveal it to us yet. Or because the actor. In reality, or the, the actor was available. Is that what you're saying? Because in reality, if, if Hacker Girl went in there, she would have taken the hood off right away. You don't just leave somebody who's your, like, your mentor, your friend. Oh, yeah, you've been hit this, with the hood over you. I'm just going to leave you this way. First off, he why would he even be stressed up that way in the hood in a fucking cargo thing anyway it doesn't make any sense that argus would keep him that way right like so it's very convoluted but i know i get it why they're doing it it's because i like i said i think it's going to be revealed that it's somebody we know i was kind of waiting over that it's going to be chase in a way to be honest with you <laughs> mm, yeah which would be really weird but major chase prometheus like they're one of the same oh, yeah that would make sense timing wise out i don't, yeah. I don't think um well, not plus, if he's been there that whole time. No, right. Not if yeah, plus Argus there. would have probably admitted to that after he was still yeah. like, oh, it was actually Chase, our bad. Could you imagine how pissed off Arrow would be? <laughs> but also because at the end, the device they used from Jet Kate and James said Chase was in the thing. So I was kind of wondering, I guess, if Chase was actually somehow was James or programmed it. Like, what did you guys take out of that? Like, was is Chase actually there? Or like, why did it blow up? Like, is Helix trying to take them out? What's... I, you know what? I don't. I think he's been watching them 
So I think he's been there right underneath their nose the entire time. And I mean, the Velocity thing kind of got in their way a little bit. So that's plenty of time for them to be distracted and him to swoop in underneath and try to take them out or take someone out. And it seems like he is actually there because it seems like in the ex- next episode, they're all trapped in, um, in Oliver's like hideout place now here. So um, I think he's actually there. So Yeah. I don't I think know, it was... Chase is actually in the, in the cave somewhere. I don't <laughs> think it was booby-trapped. I think it was just showing them, wait, they're there. And then like Chase probably shot an exploding arrow or, or something happened like that. that we oh, so see. you don't think that the thing, that, the drive thing they put in was actually booby-trapped? I, I don't no. think so. Or he had run around there and already planted explosives, so he already has this whole place rigged up. That's yeah, that's pretty like. I don't, you know what? I don't, I'm still gonna stick to my theory. I think I think Helix and Chase still may be involved somehow with each other. I thought about that, but Helix was behind revealing who Chase was, so that seems kind of. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there, there could be a reason for that. I don't know what the fuck it was is right now, but I can think about it some more. If, if Helix, the whole Helix thing comes back before the end of the season, and yeah, if this could otherwise, this could be something they're saving for next season, and that's why they left a dude hooded because they either he's someone we know or, or they're going to cast somebody. Or he's vigilante. That's why I haven't seen vigilante. He's been he's James, and he's been in the cargo thing. <laughs> Somebody online actually suggests that, that it was Vigilante. I don't know. But. Uh, let me try to catch up with some of these chat stuff here. Thank you guys for watching, chatting along. Uh, Sci-Fi Pulse that said, yup, I like Dinah Drake, and she's awesome at the quiet stuff as well as the more dialogue-driven stuff. Absolutely. Carrie Johnson just says, a love quadrangle, Ollie, Siren, Felicity, and Dinah. Uh, pl- no, please no, not that many. Oh, my dear <laughs> Lord, that's too much. Arrow's <laughs> like... Check it off the list. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's like HR. I got you beat by one. <laughs> you just see side by side HR on one side and Ollie on the other. Just like Ch-. I want to see Ollie do a book reading now in his arrow voice. <laughs> or he puts that wig on too. It's like this emo read along. Right. Very dark and dreary. Uh, let's see. Oh, Francis says, Carrie, don't forget Talia, that reporter and probably some other character they'll introduce next season. Yeah, I think we think Talia's not going to be really involved until next season, right? Again? Yeah. Which is too bad, because I really wanted her to. You think she's going to come back here this season? Yeah, well, because their teaser stuff they showed had her and Nisa squaring off. Oh, really? Well, that's what I wanted. I thought I didn't think that was going to happen, though, somebody said. That's great. I'm pretty sure going to square off. I don't know how involved she's going to be, but yeah, she's going to appear. I think she's going to appear at least one more time. Oh, goody. Bring back Nissa. Now, where's where's Speedy? Where's my Speedy? I don't know if she's coming back or not. Oh, my gosh. It's going to drive me nuts. She, okay, here it is. She's Vigilante. That's why I haven't seen her. She's, she, oh, that would make me so sad, though. punched by Vigilante, didn't she? I thought she fought Vigilante. It was a speed remnant of the run. <laughs> <laughs> Speedy is Savitar. Let's just throw it out there. Look, the name is Speedy. That makes sense. That's why she, the Speedy name never makes sense at all. So that finally makes sense. Well, Flashpoint gave her powers. Now she found this suit. Felicity built it for her. That's why she joined Helix. There you go. Perfect. It all makes sense. Sort yeah. of. <laughs> uh, Francis says in the chat, it bothers me that Chase is so many steps ahead of Ollie. That man is too good and too evil. He has to have an inside man. Oh, Well, he apparently does because he had an inside man at Argus. Tip him off, right? Yeah. Or again, if he's working with Helix, that would make sense in my theory, how he knows all this information. Yeah. So, but he could be working with Tyla, and, or, and she could have a lot of this, unless she funds Helix, and that's how she gets her information. I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I like the Haas uh, stuff. That was funny. The Haas line. Think of the daughter call. Of it, call of yeah. it. That was great. This is my friend. And I sometimes call him Haas. Goes, Thank you, Haas. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's see here. In the chat, Carrie Johnson says, I'm actually looking forward to next week's episode, a bottle episode, focusing on Ollie and Felicity. We'll get to see Amel and Rickards get to act. I hope it's as a dynamic as the Daryl and Beth standalone app in The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that was such a good episode. Well, I don't know, because that, I don't know, they kind of hinted towards a romance between Beth and Daryl, and that didn't work out. But I, I hope they take this episode to kind of cement them back to the way that they were instead of having it be a romance thing and, and baiting those fans that exist, unfortunately. I, I hope it comes back to the way that Fla uh, Arrow used to be, which is this friendship between Felicity and Oliver and this deep understanding that they have of, of each other. And I think this will heal both of them, especially with the way that Felicity ran off to Helix. And it looked like Oliver's life is in the balance because he passes out. So um, I'm really excited for this bottle episode. Yeah, or Prometheus I agree. Kills Felicity. What was that? Or, or Prometheus kills Felicity. I don't think that's going to happen. No, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely don't. Don't. I hope they definitely don't do any romantic stuff with them at all. They got a that uh, that I, ship has long sailed and never should sail in the first place. Well, I'm pretty sure this is the episode where they're going to do flashbacks to their relationship between. Oh them. fuck, that's right. That was coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to like this. It feels episode twenty. So they said. Oh. I don't think I'm going to like this as much. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, okay. <laughs> we'll see. It could be good. It could be good if they spin it into an understanding of friendship. Like, yeah, what we had, we had, but we were meant to be friends. There we go. Yeah, they need to. So that way you uh, can like pursue other relationships. Oh boy, the more I'm thinking about it, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of this bottle episode at all. Actually, I think they had so much great momentum with this one. They should have just drove that forward to the finale and just like. They got a few more episodes. Cool. They got to kill some time. I know, but oh, no, they don't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a f more fight scenes. I'll just watch that. <laughs> hey, do you guys like Oliver with uh, without the bow and arrow, and just with like fighting with his no. plexi? No, I actually don't mind what? it. I think it's kind of cool. It's weird though. I don't know. I just don't like the mask. I, I don't like There's the mask. mask. It's, yeah, it's like a weird cutout. I can barely see his eyes. It looks like it's hard to breathe in. That's all I'm thinking about when I'm watching him in this math. Because, like, how are you breathing right now is what I want to know. I mean, it's I mean, nice to mix it up, but he really needs to put on the costume. Yeah. Well, he, he's got to do it before the season ends again, obviously. He's got to work his way back there. Or it's going to be uh, called Pistol. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I usually say, like, guys, my new name is Pistol. It's Pistol. <laughs> I just want to see the team's reaction to that. Oh, my God. It's Team Pistol now, folks. It's the Pistol Cave. <laughs> uh, all right. In the chat, Francis says, the fans want Elicity, especially since they haven't set up a love interest for, for Felicity, and usually they do that if they're going to have a character move on. Well, they did. He died. They did. He died. They overshot him. <laughs> By mistake. Uh, Sci-Fi Paul says he breathes through his ears, by the way, in the in the, his new little... Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Makes complete sense. Understandable. <laughs> do, so, wait, is that true, though? Do I, like, do a lot of fans still want Elicity? I thought people had moved on from that. Oh, no, there's there's a ton on Twitter. A ton. And when I was at Paley Fest, this very sweet little girl did ask Stefan Amell if there was 
that he was going to get back together with Felicity. And obviously his face was kind of like, no. And the creators were like, we knew we screwed up. But I mean, they did tease this episodes that was coming up. There's some great stuff coming for Felicity and Oliver. That's what he said to the girl. But they're not going to go back. If they go back, I will be a very upset person watching the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna go back. I, I sure hope not. No, I don't think so. Him and him and Dinah need to. to uh, I, I know. Here. I'm with you, Marks. Man, yeah, him and Dinah. Him and you gotta give me something. These shows don't ever give me any of the relationships I want. I didn't get my patty. <laughs> so just give me this one, guys. Just now you're gonna go over to Arrow and 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 uh, get a relationship with Arrow. Patty Smith? Oliver. No, Patty and yeah. Ollie should be together. That's terrible. Patty and Barry were a great match. Patty, Patty and Barry. I would love to see you back on The Flash, though, for an episode. I know. Although, Can't you just maybe Huntress that? will come back. Although, I wonder, I would love to see Flashpoint affect her, though. I would want Flashpoint to affect her. Oh, I, but she's perfect the way she is. <laughs> that's why she'll come back as Hot Pursuit. Well, that's okay. If she's still got her like same personality, but she's Hot Pursuit, I'm okay with that. By the she way, guys. I thought it was, I don't know, a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago or something. Also, if Barry and Patty were together, they would have the best ship name ever. It would be Batty. <laughs> that would be good. Like, I just want to say that. Like, yeah, I want Batty. The closest Batty for get, Batty. The closest you'll get to Batman ever is that, that ship name yeah. on a DC television. Right. Uh, all right. I just, I just amused myself with that and nobody else probably, but okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's see. I guess that wraps us up for Arrow. But yes, uh, Huntress, I would agree. Uh, Marks Huntress would be cool coming back on Arrow. And it would be a good relationship with with uh, Ollie if she wasn't quite as crazy as when she left. Spend <laughs> some time. Maybe she's trying to, she could try to redeem herself. Although probably, Ollie was probably more nuts or, or kind of, well, not, you know, but more like dealing with his own demons there than, than she was. Huntress ever was probably. Well, except I mean, the last episode she killed some cops or shot cops. That's not a bad thing. She really he killed a lot of people. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's killed a lot of people. He's only shot cops in the knees. Okay, that's all. <laughs> He's only permanently. That's, that's true. Traps. That's right. That's nice. <laughs> all right, cool. I guess we'll do some ratings then for Arrow. We shall. All right, uh, we do boxing glove arrows for this one, folks. Uh, I'm actually going to give this one four and a half boxing glove arrows. Uh, I thought it was a really strong episode. Like I said, a lot of really cool moral, ethical dilemmas that characters got to deal with here, which is cool. And have some great stuff with Wild Dog and his daughter. Uh, so there you go. Marks. Um, yeah, I think four and a half. It was a solid episode overall. The lack of flashbacks didn't kill the momentum. The subplot with Wild Dog was great. It was all good. So four and a half. All right. Uh, Danielle. I'm going to go with a solid four boxing gloves just because usually I do three across the board, but no flashbacks equals four boxing gloves. All right, cool. Uh, there we go. Uh, by the way, in the chat, Francis says, uh, Dinah isn't getting much screen time. If it happens, it'll be next season. And that, she, oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. So he says Sparrow and Barry would be Sperry or Sparrow, Sparrow, Sparrow or Sparry, I guess. Yeah. Wait, sparrow. sparrow, or is that a combination? You can you can spare me that. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to figure out arrow and what's the SP part of it. I don't know. I'm totally oh. lost. Spivot? Spivot? Patty Spivot? There you go. Yeah, Spivot? Patty Spivot. that's Sparrow. Oh, that's Spivot. Sparrow. Oh, 
It's Barry. Okay, I get but it. But then if it was their last names, it would be their last names, so it'd be Spallin then. Yeah, he's using the first and last name together, I guess is what he's doing. Or Alev Alevit? Well, no. Arrow's Alev alias. <laughs> Arrow is his first and last name. It's like Cher. <laughs> <laughs> or if you say uh, Green Arrow, Arrow's last, right? That's that's that makes perfect sense. <laughs> all right, there we go. Uh, I guess I guess that'll do us for tonight, uh, right? We're all wrapped up there. Uh, this is no longer show ever, actually. <laughs> um, we had to talk to Jeremy; he was so cool. So, uh, yes, thank you for Jeremy for coming. Yes. Out. It was he was really awesome to talk to him and get to, to hear about the storyboards and see some of those boards. Uh, if you do tune in late, I would please go watch the beginning of the episode. Like I said, Jeremy Simser, who's a storyboard artist for. Arrow and Flash, he, he shares some really cool insights with us. And uh, from this last Flash episode, he showed us some of the boards for it as well. Super cool. All right, so uh, we're, uh, we'll are we be back next Sunday, actually. So I guess the next four Sundays in a row, because there's four more episodes here, right, to wrap up these seasons. Uh, so we'll be doing uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, some, a new DC action hour, Supergirl, Flash, and uh, Arrow. Uh, Francis Fernandez, actually, who was in the chat today, uh, is going to be our guest co-host next week. So that'll be awesome. We get to join us, share all his insights. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Let's do some links, though. Danielle, where can people find you? You can find me on my website at angstynerd.com, where we talk all things nerdy and mental health. You can also follow me on Twitter at angsty underscore nerd. All right, Marks. All right, you can find me over at markspa.com, where I co-host uh, the podcast show Entertainment and uh, do various film projects. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at... Mr. Marks. All right. You can find me at SuperGeekedUp on Twitter. And, uh, of course, SuperGeekedUp.com is where you can find all these episodes, the past episodes of the show, and our YouTube channel, which is SuperGeekedUp. Uh, and all the other shows we do, too, are on there. Uh, excuse me, like my Super Nagged Up show and Super Geeked Up. And uh, Marks and I are part of a gaming show called Monday Night Mayhem, where we play a game called The Strange and also Dungeons & Dragons, which we're doing tomorrow night, actually, at 8 p.m. Eastern, if you want to join us for that. Oh, now you're doing – okay, good. You're doing punches, and now you're doing swords. Yeah, for Dungeons & Dragons. Dragon. Um, <laughs> was that fire smell? That's a dragon mouth. I don't oh, dragon. dragon. Oh, very, very impressive. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're doing that. And uh, so we're going to have some adventure fun tomorrow. Hope you can join us. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, all right. So we will see you hopefully uh, some of you tomorrow and then the rest of you next Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern for uh, DC Action Hour. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.